Thanks for downloading the Sunranto show. For early and ad-free access to Sunranto, please become a subscriber at patreon.com/sunranto. That's patreon.com/sunranto where you'll have access to not only this show early and ad-free, but also our daily Cubs pod, which lets you know what happened in the Cubs game and all the Cubs news that's fit to print on a daily basis. Patreon.com slash Sunranto. Don't make me tell you again. Enjoy the show. Cubby blue blood flowing through our veins. Sitting in the bleachers in the rain. We've shed a million tears and drank as many old style beers out at the game. Let's go, Cubby Sunranto. Michael Cotton. Sunranto. Michael Cotton. Sunranto and the lovable Lucy. Michael, Michael, and welcome to the Sun Ranto Show, brought to you by our 111 Patreon supporters. Thank you to all of you. The, the show does not happen without you. If you're not one, please become one at patreon.com slash sunranto, where we will be hanging out after this very show over in the Discord on the post-show chat and talking baseball. But um, And also, one of you, at the end of this month, will win this incredible Wilson Contreras in front of the Venezuelan flag. Uh, it, well, it's expiring, like people's love of, of this particular poster right now. But Sarah's got something to say. Sarah, uh, Sarah Sanchez is here, first of all, for all the podcast listeners that can't see that Sarah's here. Sarah's here, but one of the, the new of the uh, members of the Bleacher Bunch production, but an old friend of this show. Um, welcome, Sarah. How are you? And why is the Wilson Contreras Venezuelan flag, Matt Cameron, are not expiring in your estimation? Because my love for Wilson Contreras will never expire. I will always be mad at Jed Hoyer for failing to extend the best catcher in baseball. And it is trash that Wilson Contreras is not still a member of the Chicago Cubs and that they think we're going to get excited about Jan Gomes and Tucker Barnhart. If you are watching the show and you should watch the show because watching the show is awesome, you can see that there's a Wilson Contreras shrine. Wilson Contreras and Javier Baez, honestly, shrined right behind me. And I, I will always cheer for Wilson Contreras. I will cheer for Wilson Contreras over the Cubs. I will cheer for Wilson Contreras over literally everyone. Well, Daryl says it's expired already. So <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> not everybody feels the same way. I, um, did you see Wilson get uh, rung oh, up on a Bernie? Thank you, Bernie. Did, did you uh, what did Bernie say? Oh, uh, Bernie says, if I win that poster, I will give it to Sarah Sanchez. I believe Sarah already has one. I do. <laughs> yeah, I don't, you, don't, you can keep it, Bernie. Enjoy your poster if you win it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's going to go to one lucky Patreon uh, wit, uh, prize winner. And also here, uh, as always, is the infield fly girl. How are you? I'm good. How's your day I'm going? good. I'm Fine, I'm here. I've got my Kosuke Fukudome uh, shrine behind me, so I'm right here feeling Sarah and fully in support of her quest and mission. Um, yeah, man, I'm feeling awesome. That World Baseball Classic was like the best thing ever. This tournament is so important to me. It's my favorite thing in all of baseball, and I honestly couldn't have scripted it better. Yeah, no, that that was super exciting, the final. And I want to talk about it in the second half of the show, like what 
the WBC kind of meant to baseball fans everywhere around the world and like kind of the step forward I feel like that the whole tournament took and like people's perceptions of world baseball so I'm excited to talk about that we'll talk about that in this in the second section but first things first what's everybody drinking I got my club 400 beer going on right now it's Stuart McVickers club 400 it's an all-day baseball beer it's uh it's good for all nine innings that's their tagline and hopefully it's good for go ahead Sarah I've got rosé, rosé all day. <laughs> Hell nice. yeah. I am rocking with um, Iron Horse Brewery in Ellington, uh, Ellenville, Ellington, something like that, uh, here in Washington. And this is the Cozy Sweater Vanilla Milk Stout. I got the last case that was at the store, and it's delicious. Now we're drinking here in Ellington, and we are going to get really drunk. Something like that. There Same we go. Thing. Ellensburg, Washington. Out in Ellensburg, they're brewing beer. Yeah, I like it. Um, so, uh, um, what else? Um, hashtag chance in the chat. And if you win tonight, uh, hashtag chance in the chat. Just hashtag chance in the chat that you're currently looking at. And I will send you a Frank Chance postcard to your house with a message of love and doom coming your way. Um, and uh, happy birthday to Jonah Meyer. Willie Johnson, Artie Boucher is coming up on opening day, and Michael Cantor is the very next day, last day of March. He writes over on Cubs Insider, and he will be here next week for the Wednesday uh, Ranter Roundtable that we're doing with a Ooh. cast of thousands um, that we'll be talking about the Cubs and their season that's coming up. We'll do some over-unders. We'll play some games. We'll run the, we'll run the bitch clock. Oh, we're going to have so much fun. Um, oh, that's going to be delightful. But first, let's talk about this Cub Spring. There's a week left of spring training. I saw Bernie said in the chat earlier that the WBC was fun, but spring training is boring. I agree. We are at that part where spring training is dull as hell. Come on, come on. <laughs> Cubs went 11 to 1 today. I napped through eight of those runs <laughs> because with a cat on my chest. So, like, I could care less what's happened in these games. They scored eight runs in garbage time. But, like, Wisniewski with the start today, five innings pitched, two walks, five strikeouts. He ends his spring. I assume this is his last start of the spring. Maybe they get him out there one more time. I don't know. There are how many games left? Six left to play. That could see him going out there one more time for, like, a final tune-up. But um, 2-1-2 two, two, ERA. And just killing it. So he's got the fifth starter part, right? That's his role to. Honestly, if this team thinks they're going to win baseball games, yes, Hayden Wisniewski is your fifth starter. And there should not even be a conversation about anyone else in that role. Well, why Why wouldn't they? I mean, is it just because like they have loyalty to Samson or like, I mean, what? who has loyalty to Adrian Samson? Like, why? why would you in this business? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I just honestly can't imagine anything else. <laughs> well, I mean, Assad is the only one I can imagine, and and he's probably the odd man out just because of Wisniewski's so good, you know. But IFG, what do you think? I mean, it's Wisniewski's, right? It's Wisniewski's, and I, and I fully agree. Assad deserves a chance at some point, but because he did amazing um, in the WBC, even, and yeah, it's got to be Wisniewski. I mean, I think I would be. I think I would be mad if it wasn't. Seventeen innings pitched, twenty-two strikeouts, six walks, a one-point-one-two WHIP, 
opponents were uh, had a 203 average against him. I mean, he, he had more strikeouts than anybody in camp. But then again, we just saw a situation where, like, the best hitter in camp, David Bodie, got, you know, he's going to be playing in Iowa. So, you know, it's not like he's the best, and I can see why you would want Bodie in Iowa to stash him there, but he did have the best camp, so this isn't a tryout. So, no, why, wh- I mean – I mean, we know that Bodie is good in camp, though. He's always good in camp. Yeah. And then there's a regular season. Listen, <laughs> I the David Bodie thing is kind of weird because he is really hot right now. And it's like, yeah. if you are actually trying to win baseball games, you've got to let David Bodie take a shot at making the major league roster and seeing if that sticks. But And he has done it before, to be clear. Like, there was a period where David Bodie was a plus defender and a plus hitter and then he got hurt a lot of times and that just kind of tapered off so I am much more interested in seeing David Bodie get some run than I am like the McKinstry Mastroboni Madrigal like what even is that I I'm not it's sure Mc- but I'm it's uninspired it's it's, it's got Mc a new name. well the, it's but it's but boats out of it now so I mean oh. I, I guess because he's gone so I got right. a new name it's Mo- oh, let's see if I can even read this. Mick Morastriostum. Because I, I, I've got to add... That that sounds like a congenital disease. It does. Like, oh, well, I've got a bad case of the Mick, Mick Morastriostum. <laughs> I was going to say, I think I think that sounds like a magical spell. You say Mick Morastriostum like Mick 12 times. <laughs> well, it's like Poof, Beetlejuice. You're right? a third Beetlejuice, baseman. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, because I'm looking at... I mean, because we got some roster moves today. And so, I mean, we, we could kind of talk about him. It's like Velasquez, which I'm kind of sad at about got option Iowa, which made me think that they're really thinking Tachman or they're going to throw wisdom out there and right until say is coming back. I, I don't know exactly what they'll do with it, but Velasquez is out. And I kind of thought that he might be in um, and up for that fourth outfield spot kind of thing, or even third outfield spot right now is say on the shelf, but um, Alcantara, who also had a very nice spring, Sergio Alcantara, not Kevin. Uh, and then David Bodie, uh, both sent down. And then Matt Mervis, among the other notable people. Manrod got sent down. All the other guys I kind of didn't think were going to make it, which is Nick Birdie, Ben Deluzio, Brendan Little, Dom Nunez, the catcher, who had a nice spring as well. And then Cam mm-hmm. Sanders, who looks real promising, too, as a pitcher in the future. But, um, but yeah, it – it answered our, our question, at least about David Bodie, which took a, the boat out of the middle of that crazy spell name. But right now it's like, you're going to go with Gomes and Barnhart. You're going to go with Hosmer and Man- Mancini for some reason. You're going to go with Nico and Dansby. Cause you, that's just what you're doing. Uh, Bellinger and Hap. Cause that's what you're doing. And that's eight guys. So that leaves five, likely five roles. And yeah. then to fill those, you have Tachman, Morell, Madrigal, McKinstry, Rios, Mastroboni, and Wisdom, thus giving you Mick Morastriodum. And I didn't even include Tachman because he's an outfielder. <laughs> oh, also notable, um, well, sort of notable anyway, as far as depth goes, but Esteban Quiros was sold to Philly. Oh, I didn't Cash know that. considerations. Yeah, it happened like an hour and a half ago. Hmm. Breaking news on the Sunrise yeah. Show. Um, so out of those, on. so that's Tachman, Morell, Madrigal, McKintry, Rios, Mastroboni, and Wisdom. That's seven guys for probably five spots. 
on the team. Danny, I fully expect Jed Hoyer to do the least exciting thing possible. So, like, Morrell is definitely headed to Iowa. And and absolutely, I, I'm not saying that just because I want to throw shade at Jed Hoyer. I also think that, like, the 50%-ish strikeout rate that Christopher Morrell has been rocking in spring training shows that he needs to spend some time uh, in AAA, which he skipped. People forget that he skipped the level last year. He's 23 years old. He needs to go to AAA, work on his braking and off-speed stuff. And I think he'll be back. The tools are loud. They are truly, truly there. Like he has a 99th percentile arm speed. He's like an 89th percentile barrel rate guy, a 91st percentile sprint speed guy. Like Morell is coming back, but he's got to figure out how to hit a breaking ball and he's got to figure out how to hit a changeup first. And once he has done that, I think he comes back and he is a stud. Until then, we have a serious, like, I, I cannot imagine a less inspired crew of characters than the seven guys you just named for five spots. We Rio yeah, so shot some pop, I, I guess. Like Rio I don't some, even some wisdom hit dongs. Uh, like I don't even want their Spotify playlist. <laughs> I mean, and the thing that I dig about, I mean, here's the thing: it's like in camp, and we just—it's not a tryout. But Morel and Rios are tied for the team lead in home runs with four. Rios hitting from the left side of the plate. They're both batting pretty low. Like you know, Morel's at two thirty-eight, Rios at two twenty-two. Um. But they're hitting it out of the park, and I think it's they're both have the same kind of problem. It's like one from the right side, one from the left side, but it's like, uh, oh, are we getting a visit from Kitty? Oh, yeah. Alexander Guinness Humphrey Bogarts has decided that he needs to be on my lap all day today. Alfie Campos writes in, if only we can fuse Morel and Madrigal together, then we get Mordrigal. That sounds like a character in a Tolkien novel. Yeah. Mordrigal was definitely like the guy who taught Sauron stuff. <laughs> so, Mordrigal, the blacksmith. <laughs> but but I really, I, I agree with you, Sarah, that it's an uninspired list of guys because, and you're going to take the most interesting, loudest tools and send them to Iowa. And you're going to go with like, I mean, they're making a lot of Madrigal's defense being like, oh, it plays at third. He's looking great. And I'm like, I don't see it like I see it as just somebody that's doing what they're supposed to do at third base, which is just make regular plays that you're supposed to make. it. Everybody's like, oh, my God, that's amazing. And it's kind of like, like, no, it's just normal. (laughs) You're just looking at third base and not seeing Chris Bryant's elbows everywhere. (laughs) It's not even normal. It's like, look, it's weird. Madrigal has been better at third base than I expected because I was unsure Nick Madrigal could throw the ball from third base to first base. And I have been proven wrong. Yeah. He can, in fact, throw the ball from third base third base to first base. But not with any level of authority, speed, or skill. Like, right. I am not impressed with Nick Madrigal at third base. It sort of reminds me of when Tommy LaStella would play third base sometimes, and you would just kind of hold your breath every time a ball went to third base, like, oh, my God, is this going to be it? And then Tommy LaStella would make the play. That's how I feel every time Nick Madrigal makes a play. That's and- fair. But the difference, and I guess he would fill the role of a Tommy Listell because he's like, you know, Mr. Hit anytime, come off the bench and get on base somehow. He's that person, but from the right side instead of the left side. So, you know, it's, I don't know, that makes you less valuable in some ways maybe uh, than uh, Tommy Listella was, who was super valuable to the Cubs when, but he was well, also protected on that lineup. Exactly. With the shift ban, uh, it'll be much more valuable to be a lefty again. That's a great point. Well, 
it'll be much more valuable if you can hit the ball over the infield, right? Like yeah. you have, like I think the guys who are going to get a huge boost from the shift ban are, and I'm sorry, I'm about to name a bunch of former Cubs who are not here anymore. Like the Anthony Rizzo and Kyle Schwarber's of the world who hit those line drives yep. to left with authority all the time that would just get robbed by the dude playing short right. I think those become hits with the shift ban. It also means that if you're a power hitter from the left side, you can sell out for poolside power and hit more home runs. And because you're not worried about losing those hits to the shift. I am not right. sure it helps a magical as much only because he doesn't really hit the ball that far. Like, I'm not sure how he gets more hits out of hitting the ball barely over the infielders, but I could be. Wrong. Yeah. Well, and David Elliott does bring up a good, good point that the, both of those guys are 200 points higher than Dansby. Who's bad. Seriously. Like this dude is, what is he batting like the sales tax on a boba tea or something? <laughs> it pretty much is like 0.050. It's I, bad. I, it is bad, but I, I do need to be that girl for one second and just say that spring training batting averages do not matter. It's small sample size. It's weird pitching. The circumstances are True, weird. Like, but it's the only, funny. The, it is funny. It's hysterical. Uh, <laughs> and I, I am though. so here for anything and everything that makes it look like Jed Hoyer has made mistakes and gets Jed Hoyer out of that um, president of baseball operations spot faster. But I, I'm not ready to give up on Dansby just yet. I think that this could just be fluky. I We'll say there are some stats that are kind of sticky in spring training. Like your K rate is pretty sticky. Your chase rate is pretty sticky. If you're taking more walks than usual, that's pretty sticky. But I, you know, batting average isn't one of those things. So I'm I'm hoping no. that Dansby just needs, Dansby just needs to get settled in at 1060 West Addison. And, and he'll be ensconced in the north side of Chicago. And just like it will give him power. He's on an extended honeymoon. He's fine. He did take eight walks in his 34, 34 at bats, striking out 13 times, which is kind of high. Um, but um, yeah, only two hits on the entire spring, which is, I mean, wow. That's hard to do, like, especially against some of these bad pitchers that they're facing who are working on stuff and something and like they're only getting a steady diet of cutters because he's working on cutters or whatever it would be. And he just can't hit anything. Um, Daryl says he's working on things. Yeah, well. He's got one more week to figure it out because and we have to also remember uh, Kelly says he's been starting to hit the ball harder. I think that's true. And I saw Kelly in the on Twitter said that she has a lot of faith in Dansby. And then the, the oh, moment yeah. I was really coming down on him I, and uh, and I was like making fun of him, he was batting like point oh three oh or something like that. She said and then the next day she stood up for him and then he got a hit. So Kelly, that's keep awesome. whatever you're doing, whatever so you're positive. doing, Kelly, I keep doing it i i always love seeing her positivity online and yeah so i mean i agree he's gonna be fine I and mean, he's not gonna bat 0.050 you know in fact i bet you he goes like three for four opening day right i bet you that's how that always goes you know like the guy and nobody's really worried but the only reason we worry is uh, as cub fans i think is because um everybody always sucks their first year as a cub yeah just seems that way yeah yeah I it's like it's like star trek they need a first season to shake it all out <laughs> exactly i think so. dansby could could exceed expectations there i i don't think he's gonna have a terrible first season for the cubs but i will say there's something to be said for like you know one of the things we say in fantasy baseball all the time is that you shouldn't draft a guy who just signed a huge big contract that they're always going to be pressing trying to earn those dollars in Dansby's case, I think that might be doubly true because he goes from being like 
the fourth best player on the Atlanta Braves where he doesn't have to be the dude. He just has to be a table setter. So all of a sudden he is the guy in Chicago. And I don't know, man, like being the guy is a very different role than being the fourth best guy. And I just feel like that's a lot of pressure and we're going to see how Dansby reacts to it. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, and then, um, the, now, how about <laughs> we haven't talked about him yet, but he does have a higher batting average slightly than Dansby Swanson. But what's their fascination with Zach McKinstry? I know he doesn't have options anymore, so they're just giving him a look after look after look after look. How many but, looks? But he's he's gone. I mean, he's got no options, right? You can't. You just can't. You can't with him. Like if he makes this team, then this is a non-serious baseball team. I agree. No, What's I one hundred percent agree, Dan. If if Zach McKinstry is getting meaningful at bats and Nelson Velasquez and Christopher Morrell are in AAA trying to whatever, I, I am going to lose my mind because frankly, like Zach, Zach McKinstry is, is not the dude. He's not going to be the dude. He's never going to be the dude. He hasn't been the dude. There was a moment last season when I was at Wrigley field after Zach McKinstry had been there for a month, taking at bats away from Christopher Morrell for hashtag reasons where I swear to God, Zach McKinstry's OPS not his on-base percentage, not his slugging. His OPS was like oh, 420. And I was just, what are we even doing? Why does this guy get 9 million plate appearances? There's something that they see in him. And and I, I feel it's like it's that smartest guys in the room. They think they can spin straw to gold or something like that. You know, that's kind of feels like what they think that, you know, it's, there's something that they like, oh, it's the hard hit rate or the approach or the the peripherals in the pitch tracks or the or the hit tracks that they have, you know, like there's something there. Um, and uh, speaking of 420, though, I got to bring up uh, Blue Dabs here in the chat. He called us all drunkards and said, I have half zip of gelato live resin butter. Mmm, heavy hitting dabs. So th this is also a show not to just drink beer by. But to dab by, I don't even know what dabbing is. I don't believe, like, I'm a lifelong stoner, but I've never dabbed. I don't believe. Maybe I did. Well, Blue Dabs is winning today. Well, I, maybe we should change his name to Dabsby Swanson. Give him some dabs. You know, well, so, I was, I was going to make a Cody Bellinger joke, but I won't. Oh, yeah, no, he's just high the whole time. And now they don't test for it anymore. Um, so I did want to do a little rakes, flakes, throws, blows, and a shout out to Michael Cotton. This is his segment, but he has COVID and his mom's in town. So that's like a double whammy. He also got screwed out of, he was in London. He got screwed out of vacation, um, to Mexico. He was supposed to go to Mexico and all, it all got screwed up. So, and then he got COVID. So pretty much Michael God's having the worst week ever. It's one of the reasons he's not here. Um, but uh, we are going to do rakes, flakes, throws, and blows anyway. So uh, here's your rake. Today I'm going to show you how to rake. Here's how to rake. Um, be Jan Gomes. I'm going to call him Mr. March because what a week Jan Gomes has had. We, didn't, we do not need Wilson Contreras, Sarah, because Jan Gomes' time has come. Um, the I'm, I'm so, so happy that the substitute teacher got – uh, had a good week. I, the, I don't know. <laughs> it's like the it's like Bobby Scales running into him. Um, I was gonna say, come at me in June, and we'll we'll compare Jan Gomes yeah. and Wilson Contreras and see how that's going. But Jan Gomes week though. See, that's what Rakes Flakes throws and blows it is. It's all small sample sides. It's it's the dude having the best week ever. So, but listen to Mister March here. Four for eight. 
Two home runs. Uh, man, he's just killing it. Jan Gomes, everybody. Um, but he has three home runs on the spring, which is more than a lot of guys who are supposed to hit them. So I'm just saying, I know. And it, 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 Chris Bryant <laughs> hit 10 home runs and still got sent back to AAA as well. So um, old Yabo Jan, exactly. Uh, now, I've got a I've got a flaker and he might make I haven't worried about flakes since my grunge days. Remember them? So poor Mike Tockman, uh, except for that he might actually make the team with a bad week like this. 1 for 10 with 5 strikeouts and and then the next day after doing that, his main rival to make the team, Nelly Flo, got sent down. So I mean I don't know what So apparently if you suck real bad, you're in. So you can you know McKinstry's coming up to the to the squad. Um, no, the difference is Tockman's got no options. Nelly Flo has two. Right. But that's not how you make a winning team, though. You put the best team out there. What but you they're do. not You're- trying to win. They're trying to get barely into the wild card, spending as little money as possible while taking that as is, much of our money as possible. That is like, the plan for the foreseeable future. That's never going to change. They are going to ride at the edge of the wild card until we stop going to the park. And we never will because we are poisoned in our brains. Yeah. No, it's true. We are all brainwashed idiots. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. I mean, um, here's the Talkman thing. Like, I understand that he provides a decent option for them in right field with Seiya Suzuki missing some time. I will say that I was very excited to hear that Seiya Suzuki appears to be recovering quickly, that yeah. his work at the plate has been good and that he hasn't had any setbacks. And I mean, Godspeed, Seiya Suzuki. The Cubs need you. You are our only hope. Uh, I just am... Um, God, Mike Talkman, man. Like, I feel like next to replacement level outfielder in the dictionary, you could just be like Mike Talkman. That that is the definition of like uh, the central the, casting. <laughs> you know, like next to replacement level utility dude in the dictionary, Zach McKinstry. I, it's a whole team of replacement level with a handful of barely upside dudes. And I just I I don't Zach know. I've, I've never been less excited to go to Wrigley Field. For the baseball. Mc- I'm excited Zach to go to Wrigley Field for the vibes. Zach McKinstry dreams of being a replacement level player right now. He's, he's Talkman, yeah, sure, but McKinstry, maybe, maybe on like a little league team, he'd be replacement level. Maybe travel ball. I'll give him travel ball. Twelve and up. Twelve and up. <laughs> twelve and thirteen year. Yes, seriously. Talkman twelve and up. That's, that's yeah. There, you're right though. There Talkman is great. Twelve and up. There is great news on Seiya. Jordan Bastian tweeted out, Cubs manager David Ross noted that uh, Seiya Suzuki will advance to normal batting practice, hitting in the cage, uh, moving up from soft toss drills, light base running, or as Ross put it, Suzuki will touch the pillows. All the pillows. <laughs> so, um, and then, uh, so I got throwers and blowers as well. So let me throw up my little throw. Thing. Throw Making the decision a lot harder for David Ross in the front office who are making these decisions. Adrian Sampson kind of cleaned up his act this week. And even though we just ordained Wisniewski, was nasty if you're nasty, as the fifth starter in this rotation, Adrian Sampson, four innings pitch, six strikeouts, 
and he's got a point six nine whip, which is nice. Nice. Yeah. But also, and, no, thank you. I want what's nasty. Yeah, me too. And then I'll say we all. Now, how about this? What if they went? Because you know, you're not going to get much out of Smiley. I think. Like, I feel like he's the the weird one in this rotation who like might not give you length. Right. And and Steel might be kind of tired or hurt or weird, weirdly dead armed or. So you might need. What if you did six starters to start the year because you got them? How about you piggyback Smiley and or Steel with one Javier Assad? who was lights out against two of the greatest world baseball classic teams in the tournament and just has ice water in his veins. Like I want to see Javier Assad in a three to four inning swingman role, just like mowing people down. I've never seen oh. anything like Javier Assad facing off against team USA. And just like, he went through the whole lineup and the only guy who got a hit off him was Mike Trout. And I was just like, Javier, he ate and left Javi, no crumbs behind. He was amazing. Amazing. So good. So it was like good. the Alamo up in so there. Just just Mexican power, just wiping Boom. dudes dudes out. It was yeah, incredible. Nick, Nick Gentry in the chat, man. Like Javier gassing it to 97 Assad. Like I'm sure the Cubs were seriously upset about that because you don't really want to see somebody that you want to throw meaningful innings for you, like airing it out in March. And yet the idea that three inning Javier Assad can hit 97 is intriguing to me. And I would subscribe to that newsletter. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, no, I'm with it. And and so that's a well, it's almost a perfect segue because I got to give you my blower on the week real quick because it's kind of funny. Um, so you just put your lips together and blow. Boy, I, did you see the inning that they brought Max Bain in? Poor Max Bain. Like, you know, he's okay. just a single A guy, He'd probably be a double A this year. He's got a lot of talent. Young, young guy, but they put him in the spring training game the other day, and he just got absolutely hammered. Here's how it went for poor Max. Only got one out while giving up four runs. Oh, it was on St. Patrick's Day. I'll call it the St. Patrick's Day massacre. Um, four runs while walking two, gave up three hits, and he has an ERA of 108 and a whip of 15. That's what he leaves spring training with. That will forever be on his spring training record. Poor Max Bain. Man, a whip of 15 is hard. Like, I remember being at Wrigley Field last year when the Cubs were playing the Diamondbacks. And um, what's his name? Mark Melanson, the dude that used to be a pretty decent closer and has kind of been gassed for a while. He had a whip of over two and I and was closing for the Diamondbacks. And I was just, I, I'd never seen that before. I'd never seen a closer with a whip over two. And yet he managed to save the game for the Diamondbacks. So, you know, whip of 15 is real hard. Yeah. That's well, rough. Small sample size, I suppose. If you, I mean, at least he didn't have an, if he wouldn't have got that out, he would have an infinity ERA, which I always love to see that happens every now and again. With a guy. That is my favorite. Um, and then Kelly brings up uh, a sad fact is that Max got brought in, then sent, gave up all those runs and then got sent down the very same day. Like, very oh, sad. So, uh, but, but that's kind of a good segue into our bullpen and talk because it's a similar conversation. Um, and I did want to, people didn't know that I don't sell, try to sell it too much, but we do have this incredible t-shirt, which is our bull penis awesome shirt, which is uh, based on a Twitter joke that I've been making for many years. Um, this is for sale on Amazon and I'll, I'll drop the link 
for it in the chat. It comes in m- multiple col- colors. It's kind of offensive, I know, and I don't think you could wear it to all ballparks. Like some people might have a problem with with what it with what it says, but um, I I think a lot of people also find it funny. You will get away with this at Wrigley Field, though. I will say, but it comes in multiple colors. Anyway, you can buy one. They're nineteen dollars and eight cents, which is the same as uh, Max Payne's ERA. No, just kidding. actually, Max Payne's ERA is even higher. Um, so uh, let's talk about this bullpen. Here's who's in for sure because they signed him, uh, Boxberger and Fulmer. And I would add to that list um, Alzali, definitely in. Javier Assad, if he's not starting, mm-hmm. is definitely in. I would hope. I know a lot of people are like, no, they'll put him in Iowa. Why? Because re- hashtag reasons. You know, because they think that that's the only way to keep him stretched out. But I, that, is, think- that is incorrect because you've got a bunch of guys in your rotation who would be better off only giving you like three innings. And it's it's a great idea to pair a Javier Assad and like a Drew Smiley to limit Drew Smiley's innings. It's a great idea to do the Absolutely. same thing for Justin Steele. Justin Steele has never thrown more than 119 innings and you need him throughout the entire season. So I understand the argument for keeping Javier Assad in Iowa and it's wrong. Clint says Keegan is my favorite. Um, he's dealing with some issues, I guess, with his velocity being down right now by a couple of ticks. But he's still been good. And he had two innings today where I don't I don't think he gave up anything. Um, so I mean, he'll be he'll be fine, I think. And the nice thing about this bullpen is you have Alzali who can do two, three innings. As well, being a former starter, Keegan can give you two, three innings. So you have got to already have a couple long guys in the bullpen. If you have a sod added to that, so you have three long guys. Now you have five more spots for these guys. Who's Rowan Wick? Who's been around for a long for a while? You know, Rowan Wick's been here a few years now. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, like I know everybody thinks he's good, but it's not that good. Um, I mean, he had the one. Maybe they think it's 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 the bias of when he first came out. It's the primacy bias because he came in and his first two years he had an ERA of two forty three and then three twelve in twenty twenty and he was and but that's not in a lot of innings. It's total fifty total of fifty innings. Then in twenty one and twenty two when he's twenty and twenty nine, it's you know four thirty four twenty two. So it's a little bit higher and he's taking more innings. Um. I mean, he's doing about a strikeout an inning, which is fine. Um, the walks are kind of high, 5.5 per nine, four per nine last year. So I know that everybody kind of considers him a shoe in here. I'll leave the stats up if everybody wants to peruse. I know everybody kind of thinks of Rowan Wick as like, oh, yeah, pencil him in. He's definitely going to be there. But I don't know. I mean – they did offer him an arbitration contract of like one point something million. He's got options. They could just go be an Iowa millionaire if he really wants to. Um, anyway, he's one of them. Uh, another one is uh, Merriweather. I don't have his stats, but really nice spring. Uh, 6.1 innings, 10 strikeouts, 0.95 whip, and he's got no options. I'm kind of thinking he might be one of the guys for that reason because he did have a nice spring and <clears throat> and um, the not the no options thing. Just keep him on the team until you know you can do something with him. The other right. guys 
Richmond, Iowa. Um, uh, an interesting name who's not on the 40-man is lefty Ryan Borucki, who was born in Highland Park, Illinois, real close to here, just north. He went to high school in Mundelein. So you know how the Cubs like that kind of thing because they'll bring it up on the broadcast every every single time. Well, they'll have a whole lot less time to bring that stuff up. There won't be a whole lot of in-between like pitching chit-chat. Yeah, in the two hours and ten minutes it takes to play a baseball game now. Um, but yeah, but either way, he's had a really nice spring. I will put up his stats. Um, he was also from Toronto, so was Merriweather, so they probably know each other from there. Not a lot of innings pitched. Um, he was a starter, but that was way back in 2018. He was with Seattle for part of last year, but no, he really wasn't out there too much. Um and it didn't go well. He's got a lifetime 4.45 ERA, um, and most of that is front-loaded with good performances and back-loaded with bad performances. Oh, I don't know what's going on with that, except for I took, took a look at his splits, his lefty-righty splits, and they're abhorrent um, against righties. Lord. Righties are batting 3.13, OBP of 3.89, Slugging 688 for OPS over a thousand, and I, you don't have loogies anymore. I know right. what this is. This is an attempt to get a lefty one out guy since you only the only lefty you have in the pen is Brandon Hughes. Like the right. Cubs have a huge problem, and that Brandon Hughes has not really shoved this spring, and they have no lefties. Yeah, <laughs> it's like what are you supposed to do uh, when you need to get a lefty out? And I think that Baruki is a backstop against that, but I, I'm just not sure how he makes the opening day roster when he's not even on the 40 man already. Like you'd have to lose someone. Yeah, you would. And uh, I'll put up, cause you just brought up Hughes. This is his numbers from last year. He was yeah, good. He was great last year. 57.2 innings pitch. I did not realize he pitched that much. 68 strikeouts. Um, kept the walks kind of low. You'd like to see that come down, but he had 10.6 strikeouts per nine. 3.3 walks per nine and uh 312 ERA. So I mean it's really good. It's he it did a nice job. And um so those are your two lefties, and one of them's gonna make it. I'm assuming they're gonna keep going with Hughes, but you know, he's just kind of still a rookie in a way, you know, he's real young and well, there's a lot of comments in the chat right now that about Hughes being injured, dealing with knee soreness and those types of things. I mean, I the Cubs have this dilemma of they really don't have anyone to get lefties out in that pen, um, at least not reliably. I mean, there's some guys who have fine splits against lefties, but like Alzali is not your dude. Uh, Brandon Hughes was the guy that they were sort of relying on to get lefties out, and he struggled. Um, so Baruki kind of becomes like, if you need to get lefties out, he's your guy. Yeah, so do you wonder what they're going to do? Because, you know, you, you're ready would take up the 40 man spot, but then you're also sending probably Hughes to Iowa at that point, you know, and I, unless you carry two lefties, I don't, I don't see him doing that. It doesn't seem like how they're operating this baseball team, considering they have no lefties in camp at all anyway, except for those two guys that are, they're just being completely non-serious, you know? I, it is interesting to me. And I, I was listening to um, rates and barrels before we came on the show. And, you know, Sarah's was talking about Michael Fulmer and his possibilities of being the Cubs closer and how he's put up like a 134 or 135 stuff. Plus this spring stuff. Plus for anyone who's listening, who doesn't 
uh, follow Rates and Barrels or Eno's work over at The Athletic is his um, kind of like black box little uh, metric for evaluating pitchers. He has stuff plus location plus command plus some other some other metrics that just sort of tell you um, how good a guy is. And Fulmer has really improved with the Cubs. That was part of their pitch to get him here. And that's probably going to win him the closer's job. But beyond that, you, you know, when they signed Fulmer, they could have gone out and got Andrew Chafin and that would have fixed their lefty problem of Chafin was also available. Yeah, Nick, we are on Nick, the same Nick, wavelength. Like you could have gone out and got yourself an Andrew Chafin. And that is your lefty to backstop against the fact that Brandon Hughes is really the only guy who can do that job right now. And they don't have him. Andrew Chapin is no longer available. And so now the Cubs just kind of have an issue where if they are facing a lot of lefties uh, late in the game, I, I really don't know who they go to to get those outs. Well, and there's the other one, guys, that aren't on the 40-man uh, that's brought up by Mike Waller from the Cubs PS Plus podcast. He says, I think the lefty candidates – Beyond Hughes are Baraki, who we mentioned, Ruenas Elias, who pitched in the WBC, and also Anthony Kay, but also not on the 40. None of those guys are on the 40, man. So right. it's just, what are you going to do? But, hey, I look at our 40, man, and I'm like, oh, that guy could go. Oh, that guy could go. And some of them are position players, you know, and I'm like, McKinstry. What, like, Zach McKinstry? Yeah, Miles Mastrobroni. Yeah, exactly. Like, what oh, are we doing we here? I'd rather like, you know, I don't even know if master Brony is on the 40 man. I think he is, but I could be wrong. <laughs> I think he might make the team to because in this crazy world, you know, just because they're smarter than us. Don't you know? Um, because apparently what we're seeing is not real. <laughs> what we're, you know, they, I feel like they, do, doesn't it feel like sometimes that they get so caught up in like the roster decision of it, that they forget about what it actually takes to make the team good. Listen, I have been saying for a while now that I think the biggest problem with Jed Hoyer is that he lets wanting to be the smartest baseball guy in the room get in the way of winning actual baseball games. And I understand the inclination. I understand the wanting to make smart roster decisions, wanting to sign smart deals, wanting to be the guy who isn't losing value on contracts or like signing a Jason Hayward deal that looks bad six years in or all of those types of things. Like I understand the pressure that he must be under as the president of baseball operations to make those decisions. And also everybody who is good at the job of running a major league baseball team makes tough decisions, makes mistakes and is willing to put their money on the table for the right talented players and say, look, if it doesn't work out, if the guy gets hurt, then that's on me. But the the aversion to not making any tough decisions, the aversion to giving, why isn't Ian Happ extended? Like Ian Happ wants to be extended. The Cubs claim they want Ian Happ on the team. Why hasn't there been a meaningful conversation where Ian Happ is going to be a member of the Chicago Cubs for the next five years? They talk a big game about Nico Horner and how great he is and how they want everybody to model him in the organization Nico Horner, to my knowledge, there's no extension talks ongoing that anybody thinks is going to like generate anything. They do not have the guts to extend a player because they are scared of being wrong. And you cannot win baseball games by being scared of being wrong. Yeah. And uh, Kelly says specific, specifically with hat probably it's because we have the young outfielders. But I think we pointed out on this show and I know on Sarah and I have talked about it too, is that you know, none of these guys are sure things. And and either, either way, you need somebody like an Ian Happ on your team to teach these guys the ropes. I mean, as yeah. as terrible as 
Jason Hayward was at the plate, I think he did a lot for the organization as far as being a really like great, maybe extra coach or a clubhouse guy. Now you don't want to be paying 170 million to a clubhouse guy first. You're going to want some production, but you know, and Ian Happ's bringing it though. And he's so good as a cub and he loves Wrigley and he loves the fan. Like, what are you doing, Jed? And it's too late for an extension now. Now it's just a new contract at this point because this season started as far as I'm concerned. So a couple more bullpen arms, and then we'll take a quick break. But um, Keegan Thompson, who we talked about, I think he makes this team. All these guys have options, so they could go down if they think they need to work on something. But um, Keegan, Michael Rucker, who I have not been impressed with at all, and I, they once again seem to have some sort of love affair with him as well. I hear the cutest little cat voice. <laughs> I mean, I am pretty sure that Michael Rucker is there for when they're down five and they need somebody to throw some innings. It's like, Michael Rucker, let's go. It's Rucker time. Yeah, I mean, you need that guy, I guess, like garbage time man, but like not really. I mean, I don't know. So uh, then you got Mark Leiter Jr., who is really easy to forget about. But he's had a really nice spring. Five innings pitched only, 180 ERA. It was a minor league signing, so I think he'll probably be down there because they brought him back to be minor league depth. Um, and then it was he was mentioned before, Anthony Kay also has had a nice spring, 1.50 ERA, but not on the 40-man. And then you got the concept of Adrian Sampson, who was by all means a shoe-in for the fifth starter spot. And now what do you do with them? Do you stash him in Iowa and keep him quote unquote stretched out? Or is he end up in this bullpen, which throws out one of these other people? Danny, you and I were just talking about this on cup of cubby blue, which is another great show on the bleacher bunch network. And you should check it out uh, at cup of cubby blue. If you're not already subscribed that I think that the, um, the thing about Adrian Sampson that really jumps off his StatCast page or his Fangraphs page or his baseball reference page, whatever you prefer. He gave up a ton of home runs through his entire career. And there is a one year exception. And that year is 2022. I don't know how much of that is the dead and ball. I don't know how much of that is the humidor situation. I don't know how much of that is the wind was blowing in at Wrigley on the days when Adrian Sampson started. I am just saying there's very little reason to believe I, I'm, I'm competing with a cat here. People like I'm doing my Sorry. best. No, my no, it's good. The, the cat, the cat is definitely more interesting than me. I'm just trying here to talk about Adrian Sampson and his home run home run issues. I think that what we've seen in this spring is that Adrian Sampson has this same home run problem that he's had his entire career. And there is every reason to believe that 2022 was just an outlier there and little reason to believe that it's something he has fixed overall. So before we go to uh, Corey Furlock says, who's rattling pots. <laughs> it's the cat. Don't blame <laughs> it's us. It's my cat. He's, I don't know why, but for some reason today he has been so clingy and I cannot get him to leave me alone for a minute. That cat is an Adrian Sampson fan, and he's angry at me because I want Adrian Sampson in Iowa. <laughs> so out of all those names, and I know that there's a lot, and, it, like, who are your I, eight? I mean, that you – I mean, I, maybe I should say, because we already said, like, the five that are definitely in. So who who are your, like, back-end three? Who are the five that are definitely in again? I'm going to say the five that are definitely in are Boxberger, Fulmer, Merriweather because of options, um, Alzali and Assad 
Oh, wait, no, maybe then I would add actually add Keegan Thompson to that. So I'll go. Well, I don't know. See, then you get to this part of the list and you're like, well, are they all in? Are is Assad in? Like, I don't know. So um, but but then you of your so of your Wicks, Baruckies, Hughes, Ruckers, Lighters, K's and Samson's. Who are your two that you'd pick? Um, well, I, I can't remember if you put Assad in there or not, but Assad has a job at, with the Chicago Cubs. And if he goes to Iowa, I'm going to be furious about it because, frankly, like the Cubs don't have the type of rotation where you can bank on everybody going six or seven innings. And so Javier Assad needs to be the dude who comes in for you when you have a lead, but your starter is looking kind of shaky and you need somebody to give you three innings, not two or not one. Um, I think Alzali can actually do that job too, but I'm more interested in seeing what Alzali can do when he maxes out and doesn't have to worry about protecting his arm for starting all of the time. After that, I mean, I think that, and, and I don't know the option situation for all of these guys. I think that you need a guy who can get lefties out, and it sounds like Brandon Hughes or Baruki has to be that guy. You need at least one of them in the bullpen, and I really think that you probably wind up with one of, not two, one of, Rucker or lighter as the dude who comes in when you're losing and hopefully the Cubs really want to be a team that is not losing very much late. That's why they built the defense the way that they have. They think that if you have Dansby and Nico and Bellinger up the middle, then you'll be able to stay in a lot of one run games. And then they don't have to worry about having a lot of times where they've got Rucker or lighter pitching. But honestly, I think that they're, I, I think that they're walking a tightrope here that they're going to find themselves on the wrong side of more often than not. Yeah, lighter's a minor league contract, but still could be quite valuable at the major league level. But uh, who do you got, IFG, for those out of those guys? Anybody exciting? <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I have to be fully honest. I've been entirely checked out of spring training and have not paid a lot of attention. Um, and I'm not terribly excited about it. So I don't have a qualified answer. I haven't been watching them, but I saw Javier Assad I want him on the team I do not want him wasting bullets in Iowa yeah even even if you were not checked out um I think that the, the it's kind of just like plug and whoever play. like I don't yeah exactly back end it's just like <laughs> it's it's just uh you know like we talked like you just said it's garbage time man that we need to just kind of come in and eat some innings um yeah whoever whoever isn't on the team right now is going to cycle in within the next few months anyway like i don't care can i bring something up it's the, this is Brian Smith's and this is going to be kind of small but this is his opening day roster projections for all of the teams including the you know all the cubs minor league affiliates too and uh Unfortunately, I f believe he forgot about Brandon Hughes for this list because he's That's not on it at all. Yeah, he just forgot about it. But um, he had Barucki in there and Leiter Jr. on the major league team. And then he saw Rucker going to the Iowa along with uh, your Anthony Kays of the world and Adrian Sampson leading Iowa's uh, starting rotation, which might make some of us very, very happy on this show. Man, I would love to see Jeremiah Estrada take either that lighter spot or that Rucker spot. Like, I just, I, I'm really just kind of bummed about the whole thing. Um, I do find it interesting that he's got Christopher Morrell there. I, I, 
I love Christopher Morrell more than most people. And I think Morrell should start in Iowa mainly because I want Christopher Morrell to be a big leaguer for a long time. And I think that the strikeout rate is going to get in the way of him being a big leaguer for a long time. And so I want him to go fix whatever it is that's going on with uh, breaking stuff and off-speed stuff so that he can be that guy. Um, can you put that list up one more time? Because Jeremiah Estrada, Jeremiah Estrada is a live arm, y'all. Like he's somebody who, when I watch him pitch, I'm just like, what, what an absolute stud. Um, the, so if you put Brandon Hughes there and you assume that Brandon Hughes takes the place of one of, um, Baruki or lighter, then you really only have one spot left, right? Yeah. 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 No, it's, it's, it's a good problem to have. I mean, it's, they've got some pretty good arms right now. It's, it's just how they're going to piece it and what makes, I mean, it's got to work together like a little machine, you know, it can't, it's, it's, it's got, they've all got to work and Ross has got to know how to manage it properly as well and get the matchups right. And, you know, they've got all the computers to do that, but I do want to say one other thing that uh, has been pointed out in the chat, and I've mentioned this on some fantasy baseball shows um, recently. The guy who is a wild card here that I think could be really good for the Cubs is Cody Hoyer. And I am excited to see what happens when Cody Hoyer comes back after um, his recovery. He's been on the IL after having was Tommy John surgery, I think, um, or shoulder surgery or something. Anyway, it was something that kept him out for like a year. The, the bottom line is if you watch Cody Hoyer with the White Sox, he was part of the return for Craig Kimbrell. That dude is legit. That dude is future closer of the future. Like you want to see Cody Hoyer do big things. And if he's truly going to come back in June or July and impact this club, I I'm here for it. I just hope the Cubs aren't out of contention by that point. Yeah. Well, then the bullpen even gets better than it is right now. And it's, and it ain't too shabby as we speak. So um, anyway, I, I'm not usually not the most positive person because things haven't been going that well in Cubs land, but when it goes well, I will point that out too. I'm not always, everybody thinks I'm always negative all the time and I'm only uh, negative when things are bad and when things are good, I'm going to point out the good things and we have a pretty damn good bullpen. We got a pretty decent pitching staff. doesn't have like a huge high ceiling front end guy on it, but overall I feel like the depth is kind of there for us right now. And, um, I don't know. I I think there's I think it's worth uh being excited about in some ways. Um I also am excited about my brand new hat. I want to say That's thank you fun. to Joe, otherwise known as Wrigleyville Bum, who sent me two hats. This is one of them, but it's the uh Cabritos Maldichos. And damn from, kids. Yeah, it's I love it. I one of the greatest things in minor league baseball is the all of the Latino uh uh, alter egos that that get adopted for the it's the Copa de la Diversión, the cup of fun mm -hmm. that happens every summer. And if you happen to be near a minor league baseball affiliate and you have the opportunity to go to one of those games, I can't recommend it more highly. If you happen to be near Wrigley Field and you have the opportunity to experience Hispanic Heritage Day, the Cubs have actually ramped this up over the last couple of years. This year, you can get a uh, Sugar Skull bobblehead that's similar to the one that's behind me right next to Wilson Contreras over there. You do have to pay the Cubs an absurd amount of money for a special ticket, but I'm telling you it's worth it. And frankly, I had a lot of fun last year. There were people with Mexico flags in the stands and people with uh, Puerto Rican flags in the stands. There was a lot of Latino music, a lot of, a lot of bands on, on the field. It was it was a lot of fun. And, and I am glad to see um, baseball leaning in 
to some of these Latino moves a little bit more. I think they should do even more of it because, frankly, there's a lot of energy there. But uh, definitely check out um, the Copa de la Diversión. It's it's a really incredible Copa de, Copa de la Diversión, uh, and it's a really incredible thing that goes on in minor league baseball each season. And um, some of the teams do a really nice job with it. So get get those hats, like Danny's. They're great. Well, let's talk about some international baseball when we come back from a quick break. Um, and uh, please join our Patreon. That's why we're doing this show. 111 of you subscribe to us. And you can join in at patreon.com slash sunranto and even uh, hang out with us after the show tonight where we'll be on the Discord Discord chat and talk with you about whatever you want to talk about and about what we talked about on the show and all sorts of fun stuff. Um, So anyway, uh, we'll be right back. Uh, Please stick tuned. And uh, one second. If you're like most Americans, you buy shit. Lots of shit. Sometimes you buy shit for other people. Sometimes you buy shit for yourself. And sometimes you buy shit you have to buy just to stay alive. So why not buy shit through the Sunranto affiliate links at sunranto.com slash shopping. We've got tons of shit you can buy. Go to sunranto.com, click on the shopping link, then click our ads and buy shit. We've got Amazon. They've got tons of shit. But you can also buy MLB shit, NBA shit, NFL shit, Fan Zed shit, Southwest Airlines shit, Fanatic shit, Reebok shit, Wine of the Month shit, Beer of the Month shit, Bear Mattress shit, StubHub shit, Lid shit, Sports Memorabilia shit, Volcanica Coffee shit, Vibrator shit, Condom shit, Bag shit, NHL shit, and Audible Membership shit. There's a whole lot of shit that can help the Sun Ranto Show stay on the air so we can keep talking shit. So buy shit today through sunranto.com slash shopping. Thanks. Cubs Jesus thinks you're the shit. Oh, it looks like it looks like we lost Danny Rocket. Uh, Cubs Uh-oh. Jesus is taking a break. Cubs Jesus is getting I, a refill. Cubs Jesus had to long. leave. I took too long. <laughs> I also played the wrong commercial. I was supposed to play the Patreon commercial, but patreon.com slash sunranto and uh, hang out. We've been having so much fun in there. Like IFG, you hosted a world baseball classic watch party in there the other night that I was busy. I'm in tech week for a show that opens on Sunday. Um, I promised myself to live faster at the Chopin theater by Helena handbag productions. It's a queer drag sex musical and it's a lot of fun. The costumes are and wigs are amazing. Um, no, come see it if you're in the Chicago area. It's a lot of fun. It's uh, it's, it's kind of a it's a tragedy, and I didn't realize that till the end. But but come see it. But um, anyway, you had a, a such a fun uh, group of people in there the other night and watching the World Baseball Classic. Everybody was so hype on Twitter, and even the people that were snotty about it before, like, kind of came around and like. It was amazing. It was so much fun. I honestly couldn't have scripted it any better, and. It was it was a blast hanging out in the Discord with everybody. Um, I you know just watch baseball by myself most of the time, so you know having everybody right there and we're all just like talking and interacting together is like having a whole room full of people. I was saying in the in the chat like I used to like to go to sports bars before the pandemic, and like it, it's not the same anymore. <laughs> like people don't just like go to the bar to watch sports anymore. Um, so I kind of had that vibe. It was a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to doing a lot of them again. And some of the guys in the chat said they might even be interested in doing some of my breakfast baseball uh, games, watching some Japanese or Korean or Taiwanese baseball in the middle of the night or early in the morning for you guys. Very cool. And so, and, and, and Sarah, I know you went to one of the games down in uh, Miami, two of the games. Yeah. And, uh, 
and just we talked on Cup of Cubby Blue about what an electric atmosphere it was. And I know all the players. I, I heard Ian Hap's podcast today, and they were so excited. And they talked about playing with like their their Latin teammates and how they want to go to Mexico city and they want to go. And I know you wrote an article about this, so I want you to talk a little bit about it, Sarah, but like they want to go and they want to play games in Puerto Rico because they feel that electricity and they want to be a part of it. So you got Zach shortening and happy and like, I want to be in those stadiums. Like they'd rather play there than Wrigley field is, is so get it together. Cubs fans. And I know they don't let us bring in noisemakers, but maybe they should start. Well, let me, let me just say a couple of things about this. The first is that Wrigley Field is the second greatest place on earth to see a baseball game. The first greatest place is anywhere where the World Baseball Classic is being played. Uh, I was in Miami for early pool play. I wasn't even there for like the, you know, semifinals or the quarterfinals or the finals or anything. I was there for the pool play. I was there for the group of death pool play, which included um, the Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, Venezuela. And me and a friend of mine were saying in Little Havana walking to the games together and there is nothing in the world that will prepare you for walking up to God Marlins, please rename your park Lone Depot park in the middle of little Havana. As you are like in a sea of Latinos who are, they're carrying musical instruments. They're carrying flags. It is rapid fire Spanish everywhere. It is dance parties when I, I was at the Dominican Republic versus Venezuela game and at the Puerto Rico versus Venezuela game, we were unfortunately had to leave before the Dominican Republic Puerto Rico game. But honestly, like those were two incredible games to be at. Venezuela absolutely shoved. The fact that Venezuela won that pool is incredible. It, it, I, I can't even think of the functional equivalent of what it would be in soccer. It'd be like Mexico winning a winning a pool, a group that had like Argentina and Brazil and Brazil. Mexico yes. comes out on top, right? Like, it's just unbelievable that Venezuela did that. The crowd was loud. The crowd had flags. The crowd had every musical instrument you can imagine and some that you can't. The Puerto Rico game, when we came up the escalator about an hour before game time, the escalators broke because everybody was dancing in the concourse and you could not, there were so many people on the escalator that the escalator could not handle it. No one spoke English to me for the entire game. They just looked at me like, ah, Latina, like we're going to speak some Spanish. And unfortunately my Spanish is terrible. So I apologize to everyone who I spoke butchered Spanish to in that ballpark, but it was honestly the most incredible experience, most incredible experience in baseball, baseball in my entire life. And I cannot understand how a league that claims to want enthusiasm and excitement about the game, who is willing to change the rules, to implement a clock in a game that, famously has no clock that is willing to change the base size in a game that famously is 90 feet between bags that they are not willing to expand to San Juan, Santo Domingo and Mexico city and let Latino baseball transform the entire league into a more exciting sport. It is the single greatest baseball experience I have ever had in my life. I have been at league championship series games at Wrigley and at Fenway. I have watched the Red Sox and the Cubs do incredible things on the baseball field. I was at the game where David Ortiz hit a grand slam to tie the ALCS against the Tigers in 2013. And I am telling you that both of the games I saw at the World Baseball Classic were better. I cannot recommend it highly enough. Major League Baseball should lean into that energy a lot more. And, and I'll say one last thing. I know I've just spoken a lot, but I'll say one last thing. And it was not just what was going on in Miami. What happened in Phoenix was really incredible too. 
Mexico beating the United States. If you watch that game, and if you didn't, you should go back and watch it. That crowd was 80% Mexican. They were chanting MVP for Joey Manessas, and the crowd was on its feet. They could not get a similar energy going for Mike Trout, which was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. Great Britain won a game, and it was like it was like this incredible thing. They're like qualified for the World Baseball Classic next year. In fact, a friend of mine from Great Britain is watching this broadcast right now. Aaron Sweet, shout out to you. You are the best. Uh, he he is like listening to us talk about this because of the magic of the World Baseball Classic, and maybe a little bit of the magic of me. But like I am telling y'all. This is the most amazing baseball experience you can imagine. And MLB should rearrange whatever they need to. They should move they should move heaven and earth to create a truly world series. And the World Baseball Classic is is incredible. And I loved it. And I will I will be going back every year, every year that it happens. And Japan won for what, the third time? We were talking before the show. I have two yep. that and and uh I think a lot of Americans were kind of stunned. It's like, oh, some of the these guys I've never heard of from a foreign place that, you know, playing, you know, the, the, it's always the knock. Oh, oh, a guy couldn't make it in the United States. So he went over to and, and they all lump it together. Korea, Taiwan, Japan, it's mm-hmm. all the same to them. Like, you know, that's the American, um, you know, white Eurocentric mindset of things. And it's couldn't be more wrong because we just got our we, we you know I wasn't even going for us but uh, USA just got their asses handed to them a few times in this tournament by Mexico, um, and they almost lost uh, the game. The um, who did they play? Sorry, right? I'm they almost lost on. to Venezuela. That Venezuela, Venezuelan yeah. team was. I I have to say, like I have never. I owe Venezuela an apology because when I looked at the World Baseball Classic rosters, here's what I saw. I saw a stacked Dominican Republic team that is probably one of the greatest all-star teams that has ever been assembled in the history of ever. And the reason I thought the DR would have such an edge is because I thought they had elite pitching that no other team in the tournament had. Sandy Alcantara is a Cy Young Award winner, and they had him. And no other team had that, really, because a lot of the elite pitchers stayed home because they were worried about ramp-up issues and pitch count issues. And we can talk about why that is a ways to fix it. Infield Fly Girl has some great ideas about ways to fix that. And we should listen to her uh, talk about all of them because they're amazing. But the I thought the DR had a huge edge there. I thought Puerto Rico had a solid team, but like not quite as good of pitching. And I thought Venezuela had an excellent batting team. Ronald Acuna Jr., Jose Altuve, like like Luisa Reyes. I was like, yeah, Venezuela is good, but who is their pitching? And I just really underestimated Martin Perez, Pablo Lopez, and um, Luis Garcia from the Astros, who all just shoved. I, Luis Garcia of the Astros, I apologize to you, sir. You are a stud, and I did not realize it until I watched you just like mow down Puerto Rico for five innings on a 65 pitch count limit. What yep. even is that? That is insanity. And it was brilliant, and it was beautiful, and I loved it. And by the way, the last thing I'll say about this, because I'm still cranky about it, frankly. Salvador Perez hit for the cycle in the game that I watched Venezuela play against Puerto Rico. And the scorekeeper who gave him a double when he wound up at third on the throw is, you are the worst, That's so rude. You are the worst. You are are not okay. I am angry at you. Give Salvador Perez his cycle. (laughs) Damn right. Um, And... And you know, we didn't even talk about the winner because, and and I didn't know except for Otani and and of course, uh, Seiya Suzuki was supposed to be on this team, mm-hmm. but that Japanese team jet lagged, 
yep. coming across play, and you know playing you, playing with a ball that is not the same like like the japanese ball is materially different than the mlb ball it is pre-tacked and it's smaller sticky, and it's smooth and it's smaller i've got one over here on my shelf i could show you but it's buried um but yeah it's it's sticky all by itself and and so they have to learn how to throw this other ball uh team usa had a bye <laughs> like basically yeah the entire time they had the wind at their sails it, from group play all the way through to the point of being at home without yep. jet lag uh to to the point that they got the extra day off to res rest their bullpen whereas japan yep. just had to play jet lagged every single day like yeah and honestly I'm a big fan of the World Baseball Classic. Here's my World Baseball Classic stuff collection. Uh, this is in line with Team USA's previous performance in this tournament. The first time they placed in this tournament was the year that they won. Well, and let's talk about the USA for a second, because I actually thought, and I'm going to give credit to a man who I never give credit to, because I actually hate listening to him call baseball games. So John Smoltz, here's your moment. I we were watching the Puerto Rico Venezuela game. It was lit. It was a back. It, it was like Venezuela jumped out to a lead, but then Puerto Rico kept trying to claw back. And and you really thought that they had a shot for a moment there. There was this moment we were cheering for Puerto Rico actually, and there was this moment uh, we were sitting up in the like center field ble uh, bleacher area where the another lady and I who were cheering for Puerto Rico were like, "Esperamos, we have hope. We finally have hope. Like we we think they can do it, right?" And they they did not, but it was still really fun. We were walking through Little Havana. Uh, my friend Palmer and I are like, we're going to go. Like, I, I don't know. I had a late night craving for McDonald's, y'all. I never eat McDonald's, but we were walking by a McDonald's. And luckily, their dining room was closed because I saved myself from eating like 9 million calories of French fries and milkshakes. But as we were walking through, we met these other Puerto Rican fans. And they were cheering. And we were cheering. And as that's happening, I get an alert on my phone that Mexico has jumped out to a lead over the United States. And I about lost my mind because I... I'm Chicana. My family has lived in the United States for a long time, but we're of Mexican descent. And there is nothing in this world that I wanted more than to watch Mexico win a baseball game in the World Baseball Classic, let alone a baseball game against the United States. And so I like grabbed Palmer. I was like, we are we're going back to the Airbnb immediately. <laughs> and as I'm watching this game, I'm watching John Smoltz and Jason Benetti call one of the greatest upsets in the history of USA baseball. And I'm watching Javier Assad from the Chicago Cubs just mow guys down. Just like Mike Trout, don't care. Trey Turner, don't care. Like, you are all going down because Javier Assad is on fire. I'm watching Joey Manessas get MVP chance. Everything is great. And John Smoltz had this moment where he was actually really good. And he was talking about how when he was a player, uh, he had a a teammate from Cuba who came over and that teammate would every day at the buffet go out and try something new. He would try some new combination of things. And after about a month of this, Smoltz finally asked him like, what are you doing? Cause there were just some really random combinations of food that this guy was putting together. And his teammate from Cuba looked at him and was like, we, we don't have any of this in Cuba and I don't know how long I'm going to be here. So I'm going to try everything. And that really stuck with him. And he talked about how the reason that the United States cannot match the fire that you're getting from Venezuela and Mexico, Puerto Rico, the Dominican Republic, Japan, Korea, is because all of those other teams, when they play on a major league stage, they are the minority in their dugout. 
Like there's not 40 Venezuelan guys on your 40 man roster. There's like, you have friends who you see once a year from around the league. This is their moment to play with their best friends. This is Javier Baez, Francisco Lindor and Christian Vasquez's moment to recreate their little league team and come out and play. The Americans don't have that. Like, I, I mean, Mike Trout is great. Trey Turner is great. And they get to play with their best friends all the time. They get to play with the kids they grew up with every single day. Juan Soto does not get to play with his best friends from childhood every single day. And the energy is just different. The energy is just fun. And frankly, I we, baseball needs more of it. Baseball needs a team in Mexico City. Baseball needs a team in San Juan. Baseball needs a team in Santo Domingo. I don't understand how they expanded to Toronto and Montreal before they expanded to Latin America. It's frankly a crime. Yeah, because baseball was already like the national religion down in those places where the national religion in Canada was already hockey. So what are you doing? Yeah. It's money. It's They just thought they could get more money. Uh, Corey Furlong writes in, Smoltz was terrible. He talked about Darvish tipping his pitches in 2017 against the Astros in all caps. That's they shameful. were banging on trash cans, John, for fuck's sake. Oh, Seriously. Corey, I have, I have to like retweet you on this because like I actually tweeted about this during the game. I'm not, I'm not defending anything else Smoltz said except for that moment where he noted that like the international players were playing a different game than the Americans. Cause I agree with yeah, you. Absolutely. What he said about Darvish was trash. And in fact, John Smoltz did not mention the fact that the Dodgers were playing the Astros mm -hmm. during 2017 there. He just said, you Darvish once had a problem tipping his pitches in the world series. I was like, and, Excuse and, me? and would you like yeah. to provide some more context for that problem that you Darvish had tipping his pitches, John, would you? And I'm starting not. to feel like I made a, Really good decision listening to the world feed. Yes. Yeah, cause, yeah, because you were listening on what Korean television or uh, on on Taiwanese television. Taiwanese yeah. television, yeah. Um, so it I, was, which is great because you get to see all their commercials too, which is exciting just to see like you know, like oh that's how they sell soap. Oh, cool. You yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, my baseball to, team sells whiskey. It's it's great. I wanted to ask you, IFG, because I know you follow more of the Asian baseball side of things, mm -hmm. uh, being in an ins insomniac, but um, that. It, the, that Japanese team that we didn't really know a lot of those players, except for, of course, Otani, which ended in that ultimate um, trout Otani. And mm -hmm. I mean, couldn't have ended better. But um, who were those Japanese players? Like sure, they were sure. all, like we yeah. had we had tons of of big guys on there. You've got um, Masataka Yoshida, who is now going to be on the Red Sox. Uh, he's amazing. They call him Macho Man, the Fans have inflatable uh, little barbells that they carry around. Um, it's I love Macho Man. He's so fun. Uh, there's Munetaka Murakami, who just tied Sar uh, Sadaharu O's record for most home runs in a season hit by a player born in Japan. Uh, he's incredible. He's tough, one. Tuffy Rhodes had it for a while, didn't he? Wasn't he's he, the like reason Japan won. He is. He is. I'm so, so proud of Murakami. He did amazing. Um, I mean, Darvish was on the team. They had Lars Newtbar. Now, Lars Newtbar, he is uh, he is American-born. His mom was born in Saitama. Um, and he is the first player not born in Japan to represent Samurai Japan. And when he was a little kid, he dreamed about doing it, and he got to grow up and do the thing. And 
the Japanese fans just fell in love with him. He was an amazing presence the entire time. It was so fun to watch him interact uh, with the Does team mean- itself. He was doing like, I mean, he was doing pep talks and things like there might be a second good Cardinal. Does I was going to say, actually, does about this the Cardinals mean, though, that ja- wait, wait, does can- this mean that Japan is going to start liking the Cardinals? Because, like, this is kind of There's, unacceptable. No, it, yes. it's, it's almost 100% certain that Lars Newbar is going to be a mascot over there and that fashion magazines oh, the, are yeah. going to, like, yeah, but, like, and there's going to be merch and they're, they're going to do the pepper shaker thing and they're going to sell T-shirts and all that. But what you don't understand about Japanese baseball merchandise is that it's also, like, fashion stuff. So, like, you'll go to the mall and there will be Cardinals logos on stuff that just regular people wear who aren't even baseball fans because that's how stuff goes. Um, so that's going to be a lot of fun. You're going to have, like, the Lars Newtbar store and we'll probably have the Lars Newtbar Museum if he's any good. Uh, it'll be... They are so extra. It's hilarious. I love it. Can I just say that the best thing about the World Baseball Classic is it is the one time that I don't dislike the St. Louis Cardinals. Right. Like, I was very impressed with Yadier Molina as a manager for Team Puerto Rico. Absolutely. He killed it. Job. The reason that the Dominican Republic did not beat Puerto Rico. The Dominican Republic is a better baseball team than Puerto Rico by yes. orders of magnitude. Yadier Molina managed the hell out of that game. Like, it was impressive. And I was having a really hard time. I'm like, I am not a person who loves Yadier Molina. I love Puerto Rican baseball manager Yadier Molina. I love Puerto Rican baseball player Yadier Molina when he's throwing, you know, strikes to Javier Baez for a no-look tag at second. And the other guy that we would be remiss if we did not talk about in this segment is Randy Arozarena. Oh, my God. I just have to say, I want... Okay, Randy Rosarena, if you watch him on, like, a regular Wednesday and, like, you know, whatever day, like, you'll just be like, yeah, it's just a guy who's playing for the Tampa Bay Rays. But you watch him in a playoff game or you watch him in the World Baseball Classic and that dude shoves. He, he becomes a monster. Oh, seven for the tournament that is not an OPS, that is a batting average. Six oh seven for the tournament. And I don't even know what that guy was doing after he made catches in every game, like the the pacing, the signing autographs, the sto- the statue, like everything. I need more of it. I need it in every game. Also, so playing for Mexico, because when Randy Rosarena grew up in Cuba, he wasn't even allowed to travel to the United States for games because they were worried he was going to defect. And he was making like no money. And so he got on a boat. And he went to Mexico and he just decided he was going to start playing for the Mexican leagues until he got noticed, got noticed by the St. Louis Cardinals, became a major league baseball player and went to the Mexican government and was like, look, let me play for you. The difference between that Mexico team being not in the quarterfinals and winning their pool was Randy Arozarena. And he was playing for love of a country that is his chosen home. It was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. I am here for everything Randy Rosarena has been doing in the last two weeks. He is one of my new favorite players. And I just want to watch him out there making catch. You couldn't hit a ball to left against Mexico. You hit a ball to left and Randy Rosarena was there. And then he was signing autographs for the Ninos in the, in the stands in the interim. It was amazing. So, so good. And you know, and it's just so, it's so frustrating to take a story like that and you're like, you know, this is this is what this this is what this tournament is about. It's it is this is patriotism. This is politics. This is 
you know, this is representation. This is putting yourself out there to defend your country. And in, in like, yeah, it's sports. It's not really war, but like, th this is objectively better than war. Like, it's fun <laughs> and nobody dies. And not you, go, go ahead. ahead. Go, 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 go. No, no, it's just like to take, to take all of this and then like compare it to the Team USA players who are like, eh, it's really important to be at spring training. I'd rather not. I'm like, this is why you're going to lose the tournament and this is why I want you to. Yeah. Well, and I just, I, I'm sorry, Danny. I know you probably want to move along, but I just have to say one more thing about what IFG was just saying right there. Like you watched the way these players approached these games. Randy Rosarena has never played better baseball in his life than playing for Mexico in the World Baseball Classic. And I will say this for Team USA. The dudes who played for Team USA have never played better baseball in their life. Mike Trout has never played better baseball in his life. Trey Turner launching bombs to left. The grand oh gosh, slam so that put the United States into the like the championship game they were going to lose to Venezuela they were they were not close to beating Venezuela until Trey Turner hit that grand slam yeah. all of those dudes understood the meaning of what it was they were doing and why it mattered and no no lesser baseball player in the play the right way mold than Adam Wainwright in his post game interview with Ken Rosenthal was asked about the world baseball classic ex experience and I, i'm going to miss this like exact wording here that he said, oh, man, that was the wildest baseball environment that I have ever been a part of. It was the greatest thing that I have ever seen in my playing career. And the guys that had this experience of being in this crowd with these chants, with this noise, are getting an experience that you cannot get at spring training. And I hope to God that words like that from a dude that has 114 and a third innings pitched in the postseason and is one of the greatest postseason pitchers of all time with two World Series rings for the team I hate the most. Him explaining that the World Baseball Classic is the best environment that he has ever pitched in grows more interest in other pitchers and other players joining this experience because, frankly, I, it's the greatest thing I've ever seen and it can only get bigger and better. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it was it was amazing. And I think that the whole tournament took a huge step forward in the popularity. I think it opened a lot of people's eyes as to the, you know, how great it was and probably opened a lot of Americans eyes to, you know, maybe we should get more behind this, like as yeah. our, our own country and that it is important. Maybe it should be moved to a different part of the year or, or given more time to be played, like give it a whole month to be played. Like the world cup gets, you know, you know, give it, give it, get a, maybe get some series in there. You know, sure. maybe it's double elimination. If we like it so much, let's get some more games. And I know MLB, you know, they're looking at this and be like, Oh God, they're going to steal our thunder. No dude. It just makes your sport more popular. You know, it's, if you can't beat them, join them. And in fact, own it. And they do own it. You know, MLB Absolutely. already owns this thing. So, like, get behind it. Don't put it on FS1. That's, let it show us the damn games. Let let us pay one price to see every single game and stream it. And, like, give us some accessibility. Because 60% of Japan watched the game. And yep. that was not anywhere close to that in the United States. So, it's... Puerto Rico's watching the game. Mexico's watching the game. USA isn't watching the game. Why? Fox Sports 1. 
That's well, why. Yeah. And, and and let's and let's I, I'm going to pass it to Infield Fly Girl in a second because she has the best plan for how the World Baseball Classic should become an institution in the United States of America. But before I do, I just want to say the decision, whoever made the broadcast decision to cut from the Dominican Republic Puerto Rico game in the ninth inning so that we could watch the United Insane. States and Colombia in the first in the inning, first inning is the Jail. dumbest person that I have ever met in my entire. Well, I guess I haven't met this person is the dumbest person that I have not met. And my entire, which makes you the dumbest person on the planet. Like you're the dumbest person that I've ever met. You're in my so entire dumb. Life. That was some Heidi Bull shenanigans nonsense. And if you don't know what the Heidi Bull is, it's because you're not as old as some of us. But like, apparently, there was a football game once upon a time where the Heidi Bull, like the, the Heidi, like the show, like the children's Disney show, the movie. It was a movie called Heidi. Yeah. In the middle of a game that was going too long. And like, I am telling you the idea that you're going to like cut away from the bottom of the ninth of the Dominican Republic in Puerto Rico in a winner take all game so that we can watch the first inning of the United States and Colombia is stupid. And not only did they cut away there, like when they bumped the DR and PR to FS2, which nobody gets, like nobody has FS2 on their cable package. I moved to streaming because that was the only way I could see the game. The stream promptly crashed because I was clearly not the only one who moved to streaming to try to see the game. And also they bumped a, a soccer game that was like a big international soccer match that also had a ton of viewers. So literally everyone who cares about international sports was upset. Uh, and it was, it was trash and baseball should be appalled. Put that stuff on your regular network box and watch the viewers come to you. And now I will turn it over to infield fly girl to talk about both this and also her incredible pan plan her incredible plan to make sure that the world baseball classic becomes ensconced like the world cup in a way that we will all care about forever i'm yeah, hoping that. that i'm thinking about the same thing that you are but i think uh danny yeah give it to us and then uh we'll we'll take it to commercial okay um i think we should replace all-star week with it i think we should cut out a month and just do it you pick a place and maybe you move the place. I don't like the fact that we move around. I think the entire tournament needs to be in one place. Um, and we keep the home run derby, do all the fun stuff, have an old timers game, put all of your fun stuff right there in that middle of summer. Let all of the professional summer leagues take that same month off. Most of them do anyway. Some of them play like makeup rain out games around the times, especially in Taiwan where it rains a lot in the summer. Um, but do that, man. Make it a thing. Everybody gets the time off. Everybody's ramped up for the season. Anybody can participate if they want to because nobody has other games to be playing somewhere else. And really put a focus on it. Make it the summer thing that everybody tunes into. I love that idea. And that's exactly the way it should go. Take the entire month of July. And I, the only thing I would change is I I would play in those countries. Like I would maybe have at least pool play be around and then take a little bit of time and then maybe play the all the playoffs somewhere at, at a central low. That location. I, I could totally be down for that. Absolutely. Only because I want like games in the Dominican. I they have oh, yeah, I want games in Puerto Rico. I want games in the United States that we could attend and so yeah. far all of the finals have been in the United States. I think that's crap. We need to stop doing that. Like it Taiwan is a great place to watch a baseball game. Japan is a great place to watch a baseball game. I want to see it in, in the Dominican. I want to see it in Puerto Rico. I want to see games in London. We're putting baseball games in London anyway. Let's put a pool there. 
but it's a meaningless game between the Cubs and the Cardinals, you know, literally I mean, it, meaningless. I, yeah. I mean, it could be meaningful, I guess, if like we end up like a game ahead or a game behind the Cardinals in the standings, they weren't meaningless, but we don't know that at the time. Um, every game counts the same, obviously, but no, I, I love that idea. And I think it's exactly what should happen. And, and, you know, if it keeps growing in popularity and they can make money off of it, they will absolutely yeah. give us more games because th- that's what all they care about. If we're willing to dump money in their pockets, they'll do it. Yep. Yeah. Can, so the one thing that was really interesting about the World Baseball Classic that I think that, um, you know, we should we should talk about. I I wrote this piece about, you know, expand to San Juan and Mexico City, like, and and many of you pointed out that the altitude in Mexico City is a challenge there. So touche, salesman, uh, perhaps we should not expand to Mexico City, maybe Monterey, somewhere with a lower altitude, but still in Mexico. My point is just Latin America, like get some games going in Santo Domingo, like there are some places that already love baseball. Let's get them some baseball stadiums and like, and like, put MLB in those spots. Um, I think what infield fly girl is selling here on the idea of like replace the all-star weekend with the world baseball classic every four years is perfect and amazing. It follows the model of what uh, soccer has done in the past. And I think that that's a great idea for how you grow the game and how you grow interest in the game internationally. The only thing that I would add to this is that I think what it does is it allows the premier pitchers in all of the countries to participate because the biggest gap in talent and part of the reason these games were so fun none of us want to admit it but part of the reason these games were so offense, fun yeah. is is there was a lot of offense and the reason there was a lot of offense is because you had Mike Trout taking at bats against Martin Perez and Martin Perez is a great pitcher like relative to the entire echelon of pitchers in the world and he is not a great pitcher relative to the MLB talent that is Mike Trout which meant that there were comebacks that were possible and there were not just it was not just going to be Jacob DeGrom throwing three innings of gas and just like lighting dudes up. Right. I have to say you could have, you could have like some actual offense that would happen. Yeah, go ahead. No, it was absolutely great. If you haven't seen it yet, um, go on like all of the socials and look for Todd Van Stiesel. He made a TikTok of what was going through his head as he Todd Van Stiesel struck out Shohei Otani while he was uh, pitching for team Australia. Like he's like, there's it was it's just such a great little video i loved it and also like the best story out of the world baseball classic that you may have missed but probably not because you likely saw them win a baseball game and you're like what is even going on was clearly the czech republic which is this they are team so of dudes. <laughs> it's this team of dudes that are like teachers and doctors and firefighters and whatnot they're like the guys who like play baseball in their spare time after they work their real job and they won a game against china y'all And it was the greatest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I was just like, what is going on with these random dudes from the Czech Republic who are winning a baseball game? And they're, they're like us. It would be like the ranters put together a team because no, there's no baseball in our country. We we should let's make, let's make an autonomous country and then have a baseball team. And uh, I don't, I doubt we'd qualify though. I, I really just don't see our talent level being there, but um. So, uh, well, let's take it to commercial real quick. And I want people to comment in the chat. We got time for maybe one more uh, topic and we've got two to get through and we'll do one of the other. We'll do one of the other. And the other one, we will bump to the discord where we'll talk about it with everybody in the chat. So uh, let us know what you want to talk about on discord or uh, for our next topic, which is either. Would you like to talk about some of the changes at Wrigley Field this year? Um, that are happening um, starting next week? Or do you want to talk about some of the the new uh, rule clarifications that are happening uh, with the pitch clock and uh, some some of the uh, – 
shifting rules that they have to clarify a few things because they made rules that they, they didn't think through all the way. Uh, mm-hmm. So surprisingly. Um, so anyway, we'll be right back. Um, once again, hashtag chance in the chat. I see a bunch of you guys doing it. You can win this Frank chance postcard sent to you by me and be uh, entered to win a, a huge prize at the end of this, this year. Every chance winner is eligible for a much larger win. So it doesn't cost you a thing to enter. Just hashtag chance. And Bernie Barron just bought her bull bull penis shirt. Bull penis shirt. I got the color pink. Your Amazon commercials really do work. Oh, sweet. (laughs) Um, I'll I'll have to make another one. Well, in fact, here is another one. And then I actually do have a couple of uh, Amazon purchases I recently made that might help you this baseball season. But uh, we'll be right back. Stuff. Hey, Cubs fans. At Amazon.com, do you buy lots of stuff? Why not support the Sun Ranto Show by shopping through sunranto.com slash stuff. All you got to do is fill your cart at Amazon with lots of stuff. Then before you check out with all of that wonderful stuff, head on over to sunranto.com slash and click any of our Amazon links before you buy your stuff. Check out like you normally would with all that beautiful stuff. And the Sun Ranto show will get a small kickback because of the stuff you bought. And you'll be helping in the Sun Ranto show buy all the stuff. We need to stay on the air talking about the Cubs and other stuff. Plus, you could win a monthly prize. If some of your stuff. is chosen for Amazon stuff. of the month, and if you win, we'll send you more sunranto.com slash that address again is sunranto.com slash And welcome back. People are saying they want the rule. They don't want to do rule changes. They're rule changed out. I could totally see that because there's a lot of contention out there. I've been fighting with everybody from like Bleacher Nation to like random dude bros to, uh, you know, and I found myself actually arguing things that I don't even believe because I'm so into it, into just like the churn of it. Like I need to take a step back from social media and my own thoughts, I think, on it as well. Danny, can I say one thing on this? That Nobody I, I wants to hear it, Sarah. I, I, I know, but I want—I want to—I want to give some validation to people who don't want to hear it. Um, you don't have to be either all in or all out on the pitch clock. Like you can totally believe that the Nomar Garcia Parra changing his gloves out forty-seven times is ridiculous, and you can hate Pedro Baez taking a minute and forty-five seconds to throw a pitch, and also not like the pitch clock. It's okay to be in the middle of this instead of being like somewhere on either extreme. And I'm just really sick of the rules change by like the rules change things being all in or all out. You either want there to be stolen bases or you don't, you either want there to be a pitch clock or you don't. I don't actually hate most of the pitch clock. I'm going to miss walkout music. And I also think that it's really important that umpires not be able to make a judgment call on what ready and alert in the box means, because I'm fairly certain that there I were knew we a handful do it. of players <laughs> who will only be targeted for being ready and alert in the box. And they will always be the same guys. 
See, uh, you can't even do it. We're like, we're not talking about the rules, okay, but one thing real quick. <laughs> but thing. what I don't like is, see, it's just it's right on the tip of all of our tongues. It's too hard. I know. Yeah, I'm I mean, just, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm never not going to be religiously opposed to things being put in the box score that didn't actually happen. You didn't throw the ball. It's not a fucking strike. Yeah. I agree. So I'm going to, but I am going to throw a strike right down the middle right now for a big meatball for everybody. This is something you got to purchase. I'm putting out, I'm putting out an Amazon link. This will save you lots of money at Wrigley field. This is the sunscreen <laughs> flask. Okay. He talks yeah. about this damn thing all the time. You cannot go a day without Danny being like, check out my sunscreen bottle. And I know I'm blowing up my own spot, but I'm going to start wearing a mask at Wrigley Field. I'm going to pretend I have a pre-existing condition so that I will not be face recognized as I go through the uh, gates. But listen, this is 12 ounces of, of uh, liquor that you can sneak into anywhere. You get two of them for 19 bucks plus tax. And it has like a little container in it where you could put the sunscreen. So if they question anything about, uh, you know, what, what's in your sunscreen bottle, you can be like, no, it's just sunscreen. And it, it and you can oh, you can undo the, the top and pour sunscreen out. And people will be like, oh, I should never have suspected that person. So anyway, that's the sunscreen flask. I just dropped the link to it in the chat. Um, I have one more thing I want to share. And I did purchase these for the beginning of the year. And it is hand warmers. And um, I'm going to put these up here. Now, these now normally I just do like the old disposable hand warmer kind of situations, um, which are great. You know, it, it's, unless you get a dud every now and again, there's a dud in those little packets. You shake them and they got these little things and they heat up somehow. I don't know what the hell's in there, but it's pretty amazing. It's, it always feels like magic to me. But these are rechargeable electric hand warmers. They last 12 hours. And um, I bought a pair. I bought this exact pair. In fact, um, they were 30 percent off the other day. I don't know how much they are now, but they were also nineteen dollars. And um I don't know. They, they're USB chargeable and they're going to go great in my gloves at Wrigley Fields all April, probably some of May, unfortunately, and possibly into June. Like we don't know how Chicago. It's been a little chilly again. It's been chillier now than it was even back in February. So those are my sun in Seattle too. Yeah. No, it's just, uh, ch uh, you know, it, it gets damp and damp is cold. And so it, it snowed on my birthday. I was born on May 12th. So I was going to say. If you decide to do the sunscreen flask thing, you should probably fill that with like coconut rum or something so that there's no weird smells coming from your sunscreen flask. They'll be like, ah, oh, it's just like coconut. That's so smart. Yeah, whiskey, probably not the right thing. Vodka doesn't have a smell. I've definitely done some vodka. I've definitely done some coconut in there. And um, you might get questioned going in on a gray April rainy day. With oh, this is just my baseball bag. I bring the same one with me all the time. That's always going to be my IFG excuse. with the, the <laughs> like spot on answer. The the IFG, trick. I'm sending you one learn, of these. I had to learn how to lie because I'm not very good at it naturally, and I've learned that details are the key to a believable lie. They have to be like real. Details. Not too many details, though, because no. then you, you know, lay it on thick. You know, people are like, hey, no, it just has to be. Details. It has to be a specific excuse, not a general one. Right? Yeah. Um, I'm thinking next, if if I get caught doing this, I'm doing diaper bag, like just straight in. I'm gonna one. get a baby. Hey, I, I had this idea years ago, a booze baby, where you <laughs> you have like a little baby and you go in 
and it's just a baby full of booze. And then somebody actually made it. And I'm like, I got to shake this guy's hand. Cause I had the idea and I'm never going to make the prototype. I'm never going to do that. Oh stuff. man, I, I could do, do that in a baby carrier. Like one of those wrap ones where you get yeah, the baby like, all covered with a blanket and everything. It's like, Oh man, he's nursing. I'm sorry. You're singing a lullaby. <laughs> lullaby. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Um, so, um, all right. So we're going to talk about some changes at Wrigley fields. Um, not a lot. You know, there were so many changes in the years past. Sportsbook won't be open yet, so I'm not considering that amongst the changes. Um, What they will have is a trophy room this year, which I'm like, oh, wow, it only took you nine years or seven years to get it together to, like, let us see the trophy except in random places where they just bring it. But and I guess they're going to have, like, gold gloves and some of the pennants hanging up. So it's going to be right by the front entrance. That'll be brand new. They just announced that. Also, Small Cheval, which is like a fancy hamburger joint. Oh, They're going in where Madden's post was. And they Ooh. will also be available in the bleachers. So, I, I don't know. Have you ever had a Small Cheval? But I never did. People love it. I'm not a burger person, but I am a big fan of Small Cheval fries. And I am a big fan of Small Cheval shakes. And I was literally at yoga today with one of my uh, friends who goes to yoga and she was all like, she was all in on small Cheval. She could not stop talking about it. And she was explaining how those shakes and the, the ice cream that goes into them is like the best ice cream ever. So I, I imagine I'm going to have to make some rules about when I get a small Cheval shake and when I get small, small Cheval fries, because frankly, they're pretty delicious. Well, my buddy Luke Stuckmeyer over on the Chuggo show, uh, he, he wrote about it. This is not a drill. Oshaval Burgers, he's excited, will be available at Wrigley in the bleachers this season. I repeat, this is not a drill. That's going to be good, he even, man. He even added Cubs just to show them how much he was happy. And this burger looks insane to me. It's got an egg on it, a couple patties. Looks like there's some sort of pork fat thing in the back there. Maybe some pickles on it. I don't know. It's hard yeah. to tell. There's a lot going on. And then the egg is dripping its yolk. Yeah. This, I mean, it does look delicious. I mean, that looks incredible. So that's, oh. that's, some, I don't know how you can eat that in the bleachers, though, with the egg dripping off of it. <laughs> it looks a little much. Um, they also have changed it so you uh, can only be there an hour and a half early now. Trash. Instead of I'm two so hours. angry. That it's yeah, and so that's less BP. In fact, like it might be no BP at it's this no point. No BP. There yeah, is, I think there it's was very m- little BP before. Also, like I, I think this is a mistake on the part of Wrigley Field, and I, I understand what they're doing here. They're trying to like limit the shift that people work, but also, also like, so you've they'll already the shift. cut <laughs> that's the baseball thing already. They have already cut the amount of time that a game is going to be from like three hours and 30 minutes or what three hours and 15 minutes or whatever to two hours and two and a half hours, whatever it is. And now they're cutting the amount of time we can be in stands to 90 minutes. How much money money are they going to lose on beer that people used to buy in that hour and 15 minutes? A lot. I have watched a lot of people buy a lot of beer at Wrigley field. And I'm telling you an hour and 15 minute uh, minutes worth of pregame and game time beer is a lot. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. I, I mean, I mostly go to games over here in Seattle, but like if if you're limiting me to like three hours in your ballpark, I'm just going to wait to eat until I leave. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, 
and go, get preload your drinking. Go tailgate. Go to go to over to Nisei Lounge. Go hang out yeah. at Ball, Ball Hawk Corner. Have a couple of pops. Go to Murphy's. Right? Do something else. Have a couple of, of beers. Then go in there. Sober up a little bit. Maybe have one. Just bring so you don't, your like, bring your sunscreen bottle. It, yeah, well, <laughs> well, that I mean, you could get super drunk off that sunscreen. I mean, it's well, twelve you're sharing ounces that with of half the Come on. Yeah, exactly. Well, I got two. So, uh, it, but no, it, it, I agree with you. And the what has been written about is that and this is goes back to the pitch clock situation and mm-hmm. the, and and the bros that like that want everybody to love the pitch clock so hard who like it yeah. and they're like no the in the minor leagues there was no change in their uh receipts it is the right. exact same and i'm like first of all minor leagues and major leagues we're talking 40,000 people we're talking 8,000 people we're talking uh you know a, a a giant stadium we're talking a tiny stadium we're we're talking yep. about a completely different situation here and totally um product. and it, yeah it's a different it's totally different how it works and for many in a minor league stadium you can often see the game from where you're buying your beer yeah. in Wrigley Field and most stadiums, you are somewhere else and you're buying your beer and you're behind where the seats are and you can't see the game. So mm-hmm. how, how long are you going to wait for this Oshaval burger to yeah. what, half the game? No, yeah. I've thought about this already. So I, I am a creature of habit when I go to a baseball game. And like, I, I apologize to everyone who's about to hear my like, I am. I am very particular about how I do this stuff. So I, I generally, <laughs> I generally walk up Waveland past the ball Hawks wave on my way. I head to the Cubs store at Gallagher way and get my scorecard there. Cause it's easier than getting it in the park. I enter Gallagher way. I sit at a table. I fill out the card. Cause then I have a table to fill out my card, which is easier than filling it out on my lap on the clipboard that I bring walk into Gallagher way, come up the ramp right there. And it doesn't matter where I'm sitting. I always go up that ramp. My wine guy, who is also a beer guy, but like I get my rosé from him, uh, is right there at the top of that ramp. I get a babe rosé. I have a little like tiny cup holder for it. I get my rosé. I go to my seat. I watch the game. And I used to, in normal circumstances, in like the fourth inning, fifth inning, go get a second rosé from the same guy because I'm superstitious and I believe that it's lucky to get rosé from that guy as opposed to some other guy. And under no circumstances will I be getting a second rosé with the new rules because I'll miss like two and a half innings. I can't leave in the fourth inning and miss two innings and come back and get my, like, absolutely not. So whatever they've done with all of this other stuff, like I have become a one rosé girl (laughs) at Wrigley Field, which is probably good for my health overall in the grand (laughs) scheme of things. But like, I don't know, man, like there is, there's no way that I'm going to be getting up to miss two innings of baseball uh, to go get my rosé from my rosé guy. And I apologize to you, dude, because, you know, we, we have a thing going, but like, no, no more. It's, it's but you the second rosé is over. But, but and, and this is the thing. I go to a lot of, uh, a lot of different baseball games. I'm really lucky right here in the Seattle area. I've got a, I've got a, a league over here. I got AAA over in Tacoma. I got, you know, Safeco right here. So, yeah, like if I'm going to a game in Tacoma, I'm getting my concessions right there in the stadium because there's no like street to walk across and then there's all of the food of a major city. Right. But if I'm in Seattle, it is literally a block to Chinatown where there is a nice sports bar with a really big screen and plenty of places to eat and it all costs less than the ballpark. 
And that's a great point. I had some fun just hanging out on ball, ball hot corner for a couple of games last year. Like I, I even had tickets in my pocket and I'm like, ah, I'm, I'm hanging out with these guys. I'm kind of having a good time. And I, and Jeff's like, come in. And then I went in in the fourth. And then I was just like, ah, I don't want to spend any money and they're losing. I'm going to leave again. Like that's, yeah. you, you know, so if, if it's going to be like that, where they're so regimented on knocking this game out as quickly as possible like do you know how many i'm a mr like i'm show up in the first guy like i'm you know i'm i'm not real regimented with i'm way in fact i'm the anti sarah i think in many ways i have no traditions i have no like you know i wander around and i think some days i'll just accidentally miss the game because i'm that late you know right. it'll just be over but one uh, solution, though, that they have, and this is ingenious. Um, I said that as sarcastically as I can. Um, but it's they're bringing the, the popularity of the beer bats at spring training and at the the uh, some of the minor league parks. No, they have these in South Bend. They're bringing them to Wrigley Field. Here's Crawley. Uh, with <laughs> he's got a giant beer bat. They look bigger than they are. They're long and thin. They're 26 ounce beer bats. Um, yeah. And so <laughs> this is um, apparently they were like thirty two dollars or something like that though for 26 ounces of beer. That's a total rip off for Miller Lite. Um, it, and he Crawley points that out. Fun to have it. So you did it, but wasn't the best bargain. So Bleacher Jeff points out that. They will not be selling these beer bats in the bleachers past May 15th, most likely. I was going to say Memorial Day. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 32 ounces of beer in a beer bat. I, I, have, I have some questions. Number one, that thing needs to be insulated from like Memorial Day on or else you're just going to have a bunch of warm beer, warm beer in a yeah. bat, which is like the worst idea I've ever heard in my life. Number two, there is no way those things are going to exist. Bleacher Jeff is absolutely right. Like you can't have those in the bleachers. Like they're the fighting with the bats will be a thing. Yep. And I just like, I, I kind of want to be in the bleachers the first time that happens. And also I kind of don't number three, can you make a cup snake out of a beer bat? We're going to find what, out. What will the bros do with the <laughs> beer bats and the snakes? And like, how will that go? And I, 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 I sort of want to see that. I'm not going to lie. If, if, well, if bats can't be snaked, then I will get myself a bat and use it to chop the snake. To snake or not to snake? That is the <laughs> that bat is the question. question. Yeah. So, and I was singing before I was all day, all this afternoon, I was singing, na 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 bat snake, na 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 bat snake, bat snake, bat snake. Because, I mean, if you could snake the bats, then I'm maybe get pro bat snake instead of like anti cup snake. <laughs> and if you're go all cup the way around the like, stadium. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like get them all the way. The snakes around the snakes around Wrigley. I don't know. Then let's do akin to the wave. But the the last kind of new thing at Wrigley I want to bring up is something I'm just gonna call the the Al Yellen cheer sticks. Oh, they would bang them together. Yeah, but you have to spend like thirty-two dollars to or twenty-six. No, sixty-four dollars. The the amount of money you would have to spend, to, like that's a lot. There's no way. Like, I am worried actually that the way they're going to make up for the fact that I am no longer getting to raising pay, prices, they're yes. just going to raise the prices, right? So what used to yeah. be, uh, I don't know, twelve-dollar little can of wine that's basically a glass and a half of wine, like that is now going to be like. $16 because they know I'm only going to buy one of them. 
Yeah. And then and I'm going to stop buying them at all. And I'm going to get Danny's little like sun flask thing. And I'll just be like, yo, I, I just really like this sunscreen that's off brand. <laughs> I was. Yeah. No, I mean, it does work. I mean, I security at Wrigley has been somewhat lax. You know, um, they they're really understaffed. Probably why they want to cut down the half hour because they're like, I don't want to hire more people. You know, this damn. It's exactly what the the capitalists always say is going to happen they they make it a, a self-fulfilling prophecy oh you want a 15 dollar minimum wage okay you're all fired and we're going to make all you 15 dollar people work work twice as hard and i did hear a little bit of that grumbling from a few wrigley employees last year being like i'm almost certain of it we don't have the people to run this thing so um you know yeah. we'll see where see where that gets them but uh one one section will have no cup snakes and i'm just gonna call this the the yelling the yelling rule because al yelling got his wish squeaky wheel gets the oil by the way but by the way we love you al here but uh if you're looking for a quiet chill bleacher experience you can get it now at wrigley field in al yelling section in the far left field corner just to the left of where we're sitting this will be a no snake zone um this from an article on bleed cubby blue the team is designated sections 501, 502, Al's section. The two sections closer to the left field foul pole, Al's section, as the good sports sections for new and seasoned fans who enjoy sitting in the bleachers but prefer a more casual vibe to watch the game. In other words, a place for more serious fans like me who still enjoy sitting in the bleachers and have been for many years. So, what? uh, what are the rules in section five? Are, uh, here, here's I my know, question. I want to break them all. <laughs> Danny, Danny, here's my real question. You and I are very good friends with Al. We love Al. Al has been great to both of us. We've both written for his Still site. Fun right for his site. He, he hosts this podcast that we love him. Are you and I allowed in sections 501 and 502? Or do, we, not, drink, no. or do we drink too much? Like, I think we might drink too much for this section. I mean, it depends on the night. I mean, two hour game. I don't know how, how hammered I can get even get anymore. Yeah, Unless right. Like you know. I might never be drunk at Wrigley again. I might. <laughs> I mean, such a sad thought. Famous last words. <laughs> I'm like that. I might be a one drinking home type of girl now. But I'm. I, you know, they used to have the family section, and they turned that into private clubs. Right, because um, luxury boxes over everything. That's why they want to expand to Nashville and Portland, and they're like, nobody's even talking about expanding to San Juan. And I'm like, yo. These people bring instruments you've never heard of to the baseball game, and they're incredible. Yeah, they don't want fun. They want to sell meeting space. Yes. And then they, they want, want to sell, sell concert tickets. Like, they're they're wanting to turn these places into conventions. It's, yeah. Yeah. it's sad, really. And, like, I, I'm a very, very much a baseball person. I don't have, understand other sports, but I have been trying this year to, like, expand my horizons. I went to a soccer game. The soccer team here in Seattle, the Seattle Sounders, they play at Lumen Field, which is the football stadium. And I was like, this is like, I'm going to go to a game where it's literally got a time limit. This is, this game is going to be X number of minutes long. I don't know, remember how many minutes long a soccer game is, but however many minutes long it is, that's how long it is. And then it's over, right? And then this is Seattle. It's one of the most walkable cities anywhere. You walk up the stairs, you're in Chinatown. That is the setup right here at the stadium. And... I was like, what's the concession thing going to be like? So I had club tickets, so I got to walk all the way around the stadium. And half of the concession stands were closed. 
just closed. Like they don't even bother opening. Like so- that's what like the Sox Park. And, and in fact, like and at the World Baseball Classic, I think they opened sections of Marlin Stadium and they found like Jimmy Hoffa's body and stuff. <laughs> like they, you know, they, they, they were up there. They're like dusting cobwebs off everything. You know, I I know for a fact that uh, you know that there were parts of Marlin Stadium that hadn't seen a fan in forever. But yeah, I don't I don't know how they're gonna r- run it this year. I mean, as far as like. Uh, here's one thing that I wondered about too, with this whole like bleacher section situation, they took the vendors out of the bleachers, which is probably a good thing. It's kind of like hard to get in and around the bleachers, but that would be a really great um, solution to the problem of missing the game is having more vendors, but they're also in the way vendors are also in the way of the game. Like if you have a certain seat and you're on the aisle or something like that, like a vendor might be walking by you every two seconds and they don't care what the pitch count is or what's going on, you know? Well, and the other thing with vendors, so I totally agree with you. Like one of the things Danny and I have talked about a lot, Danny and I oftentimes get free or $6 tickets where we just kind of like wind up in random spaces. And um, if you're on the far aisle where you have the whole crowd between you and this and the stands, like, that's great. And if you're on the short aisle where you have the vendors and all the people walking up and down, that's terrible. And it's just one of those things you can't possibly know unless you know where you are in the ballpark and whose seats you're getting. I mean, honestly, you can't even know it if you're buying tickets from the Cubs because the Cubs don't let you look at a seat map and pick your seats. So you have to, like, pick a tier, and then they try to sell you within the tier. And oftentimes what they sell you within the tier isn't very great. So unless you're willing to take the time to walk over to the box office and ask for exactly what you want, you won't get those seats. Frankly, my favorite seats in the ballpark, there are like seven of them. There are like seven singles that are in the 200s that are really low. And I'm like, I want to sit there. I don't want anybody next to me. I don't want anyone blocking my view. I want to keep score and sit in these singles. And I will go to the box office and ask for those like seven single seats so that I can just hang out by myself. (laughs) Funny you bring up the box office because I've been taking a look at some of these prices for opening day. And first of all, there's a whole lot of tickets still available from the Cubs. I'm getting emails every single day, which is kind of a surprise. This stuff usually sells out. I was told that the Dansby Swanson, Eric Hosmer, Trey Mancini era was going to bring in so much enthusiasm nobody cares how how are there still tickets available danny here is a map of wrigley field and all the the uh sections which there are many of them the bleachers are not included there's many in uh there's many sections that are grayed out but there's i would say it's about one third of the ballpark is available for sale what you're looking at right now is uh, sections that are not grayed out where you can still buy the maximum amount of tickets for opening day, which is six. You can buy six tickets in all of these sections, which means there are quite a few tickets still left for this ball game. Are you um, telling me that Trera Cosmini did not inspire fans to sell out the ballpark? It did not. And um, th- I'm these... sorry, the hair is very nice, but the batting average is very bad right now. Yeah, 0.53 or something. The hair is so good. I, I have some ticket picks for you if you're looking to go to this game. Um, these are some oddball uh, tickets. I, I, first of all, my advice is to wait. It's cold. It may rain. Here's the weather. Look at this is what you got. 44% chance of rain. Now, it's not going to be too cold. 50 degrees down to 41 at night. All that weekend, low to mid-50s, 
chance of rain the whole time. So you're going to see some raindrops at some point during some of these days. But and that's to be expected in March and April in Chicago. But what happens at game time will determine the ticket price. So um, here's some that I've picked out that I think are good tickets. And these are kind of oddballs. The reason I picked now, this is um, over in section 204. It's no polls behind you. Uh, you can get up to uh, five tickets, I think. In I, I believe this is the one that has a. It's like a five spot, which is weird. There's not a lot of five ticket spots um, in the ballpark, but sixty eight bucks a piece. There's a couple of sections in there. You can buy these tickets through our link at sunranto.com/tickets. This one StubHub. Um, you do have to pay fees with this. Probably an extra twenty bucks in fees, but it's still cheaper than the Cubs are charging right now. So um, if you want to secure your tickets, I just dropped a link in the chat for these ones. Section 204, row 7. I got that pick. The other one I have uh, a pick for is Vivid Seats. And um, these these are a three spot, a little bit closer in the infield. It shows a pole in front of you, but I don't think so because it's row 8. Sarah, do you, what do you think? So row uh, 8, are you good, you think, over there? It depends on the section. And I'm not sure about 206. The rule that I use for all of the 200s, just so people are aware, is you want to be row seven or lower because row eight is where the poles are. Now, the reason I say that I'm not sure where it is in 206 is because the poles move progressively back as they go up the grandstand. And what I mean by that right. is that like, so if you're in uh, like 220 or 221, 216, 215, those poles will, will always be in row seven. Uh, or row eight. And so you want to be in row seven or lower, like seven or lower is the golden spot in the, in the lower grandstand. Um, but if you're in the outfield corners, as the poles move back, you don't actually have to worry about the pole in row 10 or row nine. I actually right. love that 206, 204 range for another reason, particularly in March, which is that you're going to get some cover. So you're going to have the grandstand over you, which means that if you're ever worried about rain, the place to be is in the low 200s because you're in the low 200s and that means you have a grandstand over you. So when it rains, uh, you will have cover and you will also have an exceptional view of the baseball game. Yeah. And so those are my picks right now. I'm going to keep them coming out all week. Uh, Sunranto.com slash tickets. We have Vivid Seats and StubHub as our affiliates. If you click on our links and buy your tickets for any game, we get a 1% kickback. So what is that? Uh, uh, 10 cents, I believe, if for a $12 ticket or something like still. Danny, I have to ask, what are the Cubs charging for tickets in 204 or 206 right now? The Cubs are the cheapest ticket. Um, I did write it down. Um, oh, yeah. The cheapest ticket up in Nosebleed, um, which I didn't even pick those tickets as ones that um, that I'm suggesting to buy because you're definitely being behind a pole up in Upper Deck Reserved. But it's $59 plus fees and the cheapest ticket up to 267 <laughs> So you, you can get in, you can get in cheaper in a better seat. And and if you pay as much as the $59 plus fees, you could sit downstairs. And then if you're going to do that, use our links. That's all I'm saying. Cause you can't, you could already get chick tickets cheaper through our links than you can from the Cubs. That's my point. And I will keep sharing tickets cause they get bought all the time and there's a churn and, um, is that just opening day prices? Yes, or? it is. Yeah, those those won't be that high after that. The but next that day, is yeah. bonkers I'm, I'm that they are charging going... $56 in the upper deck. And this is the year, by the way, where the Cubs have told all of the fans and season ticket holders that they cut 
prices about 15% after putting an absolutely trash product on the field in 2022 and selling and trading all of the World Series stars in 2021. So I am dying right now because the idea that they think you're going to spend $56 plus fees Cub style to sit in the 400s while there are $68 tickets in the 200s on StubHub means Danny and I are going to a lot of $6 games later this summer. See you see you in the bleachers, my friend. Yeah. So um, I, I want to make a, a few announcements before we end and go over to the Discord and hang out with all of you beautiful Patreon people. And you should join us at patreon.com slash So You get Discord privileges and you're right over there and you hang out with us all the time where we party and watch baseball and uh, joke and laugh and, and enjoy each other's company. But uh, we have a new and we have to do like an announcement podcast at some point. We have not done that yet. So we'll just do like a little soft launch here. But um we have between uh, Sarah and the Cup of Cubby Blue show, plus Michael's uh, show, the uh, the Baseball Rabbit Hole, plus Sun Ranto, and probably other shows, Cubs Pod, which I've started to do this year as a daily show. We're starting a, a podcast network called The Bleacher Bunch. And what we're doing is we're just consolidating so that it's all in one feed. We all kind of do each other's show. It's part of all the Fired SB Nation podcasts that uh, they've got most of the baseball teams. So now we have got access to other podcasters of other baseball teams to come on our shows and talk about their team when we play them. And so we're just really excited about the future as, uh, you know, the future is be a little bit consolidated and we can all kind of focus each show as to what it does best. So we're really excited about it. And I'm going to drop the link in the chat for the Apple podcast, but you can find it on anywhere you find it right now. It's just got cup of cubby blue and all it shows. Cause it's kind of a cup of cubby blues. Old feed is becoming this feed from uh, after maybe about a month. Sun Ranto show. If you don't subscribe to us on Patreon, where you can get the show early and ad free. Um, then it's going to be in this new feed. It's not going to be in the old feed anymore. Uh, so that's going away. And our thousandth show will be on this feed. So you got to subscribe Whee! to it any way you can. And uh, also f uh, follow Cup of Cubby Blue on Twitter, which you just put in the chat. And also uh, there's a Bleacher Bunch. Uh, is, is it double? I forget what our Twitter is, actually. <laughs> So we're, we we're working it. on that. At the yeah, moment, yeah. Uh, the Cup of Cubby Blue, uh, the Cup of Cubby Blue Twitter is launched as branded as the Bleacher Bunch. I actually ran into a problem calling us the Bleacher Bunch because some somebody out there has a Bleacher Bunch account that has not been active for a few years. Anyway, we're we're gonna work this out. Like we'll figure it out. But um, we have like we're, Bleacher we're learning. Bunch pod or something. I forget what we have, but we yeah have yeah something. we're learning. I'm, I'm about to upload all this stuff there. But I will say that Danny is absolutely right. This is a cool opportunity. We're gonna have so much access to so many smart people to talk baseball and the Chicago Cubs, but also. Uh, we are going to have some new content for y'all. So it's not just Cup of Cubby Blue. It's not just Sun Ranto. I, we're going to do a Know Your Enemy pod where you, we talk about the NL Central, talk about what's going on with the Cardinals, what's going on with the Brewers. You will get that in the same feed. So if you subscribe to Bleacher Bunch, you'll get that as well. We're going to do some pregame and some postgame content. We're going to have a lot of stuff coming at you from the Bleacher Bunch Network, and we hope you'll join us. And the Sun Ranto show will remain completely early and ad free in your if, if you're a patreon subscriber to us nothing's going to change for you except for that we're just going to keep giving you more shit all the time so um so if, if you're not there's only 18 slot dollar slots left so if you're on the fence about joining our patreon at patreon.com slash sunranto um 
do it now because there's only 18 slots period. Uh, like, and then, I and like then it's, that. and then it's, and then $2 is, is next bleacher features. I like that. That Terry like E writes. In. So anyway, we're going to have a lot of fun. Over and there. remember and that Discord where we do our live game watch-alongs is a Patreon exclusive. So you do have to be a Patreon member in order to join. That's our after-show discussions like we're going to go to here. And then also our game watch-along. So if you want to watch Taiwanese middle school baseball in the middle of the night with me, you need to be a Patreon member. Yeah. And then uh, the other... Thing is, uh, next Wednesday we are going to do a ranter roundtable at 8 p.m. Central. We've got a star-studded lineup, so make sure you tune in. It's must-see TV. It's right before uh, the season opens, and the next day the Bleacher Bum, Bum Band is playing at Output Lounge. That's going to be post-game. We're going to rock your socks off, and it's going to be a great time. So come to that. It's free, and um, yeah, we're just going to celebrate and and come on through. <laughs> Danny, can yes, I tell sir. you the funniest story about your concert from last year? Yeah, pl- opening day concert? Yeah, yeah, your opening day concert. My my friend Palmer, who I went to the World Baseball Classic with, um, was visiting me during opening day last year, and we went to Danny's show. Palmer knows nothing really about the Chicago Cubs, but he's a baseball fan. He's a huge Red Sox fan. And and we walk into Output, and it's bumping because everything is crazy and amazing, and Danny's rocking on the stage with the Bleacher Bum Band, and everything is going crazy. And it was the Steve Stone song. And, and at one point, uh, Palmer looks at me. He's like, who is Steve Stone? <laughs> I was like, this I is- want to get Steve stoned. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was one of my favorite baseball memories ever. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll explain it over dinner. Don't this worry whole about room it. <laughs> knows what we're talking about. That's all you need to know. Um, yeah. So uh, I guess that's, oh, you know what? We hashtag chance in the chat. And I do have. Um, we almost um, forgot to chance again. Uh, oh my! I always forget to chance. It's just Chances, like kind of what like it's this a show. chance. You're taking a chance. I do have one. This flexing cube, a TFC for this week. Uh, I just have one, and this is actually about something we were talking about earlier, which is uh, Lars Newpar. And uh, this uh, from from the score. I saw this on Facebook, and this is something that Cardinals Miles Michaelis was quoted as saying, giving a warning to his uh, teammate and WBC champion, Lars Newtbar. He said, he better not bring that gold medal in the clubhouse tomorrow. There's 18 other guys in that clubhouse that went to the WBC that didn't come back with a gold medal. Be a bold move for him to bring that thing in the clubhouse. Lighten up, Miles. Pardon Lighten me? the fuck up, Miles Michaels. And Miles Cardinals Michaels get a Cardinals. Cardinals get a some, Cardinals. That's some Charmin soft bullshit right there. Yeah. That's what that is. He pitched in, and I thought it was like racist. I'm like, well, he pitched in in Korea for. I mean, that's how he got the job with the Cardinals by pitching in Asia and coming back. But like, no, it's just Lars Newbar should hang. His World Baseball Classic medal in his locker where everyone can see it every day. And he should, every call, he should call it motivation. He should oh, put man. motivation over it. <laughs> Robert Sanchez says, lighten up, Francis. <laughs> What's that from? Is that uh, Stripes? I think it's Stripes. I don't know. Now we're dating ourselves again with old movies. You're like, Can't I help you with that, that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Neither so- can I for that matter. Anyway, that is the show. Uh, please, uh, by the way, I dropped that podcast bleacher bunch. Uh, give us a bunch of reviews, positive five star reviews. If you Did have something chance? negative to say, just tell it to me personally to my face, and I'll take it. Uh, I'll take it well. I promise. <laughs> Subscribe 
and leave us a five-star review because one, we get paid when you subscribe. So you subscribing helps all of us out a lot. But the five-star reviews also help bump it up into other people's feeds. And as we relaunch uh, the pod on a new network, we, we're kind of starting from scratch. So any any five-star reviews you can give us are, are hugely helpful. We need your help. That's what we're saying. And you can help us a lot by just sub- subscribing and also uh, giving us a review and uh, bumping give our- Give us attention and money. Yeah, that's all Thank we you. ask is your undivided attention and unconditional love for all eternity. <laughs> <laughs> so um all right hashtag chance in the chat uh we got a bunch of entries 19 it says but there's always more so it's your last chance to get into the chance to win the chance here we go round and round she goes where she stops no one knows nick gentry congratulations you are the winner i think nick's a new winner of the chance i will be contacting you shortly to figure out where to send your chance postcard but congratulations nick appreciate you tuning in tonight and everybody that tuned in tonight had a lot of fun had a this is a long show tonight didn't feel long though just felt like a good time no pitch clock needed no pitch clock needed yeah uh actually (laughs) if any show could use a pitch clock it's, it's probably, probably us. Just on <laughs> if anybody should be on a timer of some kind, it might be us. <laughs> like I'm not definitely me and Sarah. I can tell you that much. Hey um, man, cup of cubby blue runs 45 to 55 minutes. Like clockwork. You shut me up. Good. <laughs> I, I watch the clock. Yeah. I, I am the pitch clock. I am the yeah. pitch clock. <laughs> So, well, and it's too bad I, I, I was going to give you, well, do you want to take a, do you, would you like to take, just to end the show, would you like to take a spin of the bitch clock, Sarah? Do you know what the bitch clock is? I mean, I posted a First, bitch clock face. Oh, no. Bitch early. clock. I don't know is what a, you're talking about here. Bitch clock is a bit that we do on this show. And in fact, I think people would enjoy this. We're already late in the game anyway. I think we're going to give you a spin of the bitch clock. Um, so it's, here's. Here's what the bitch clock is. This is user um, chosen. Uh, I got to put it up. Uh, this is user chosen topics by which uh, to bitch about that that fans want to bitch about. So what we're going to do is we're going to spin the bitch clock wheel. So here it goes. And uh, one of these is going to win. And then what did you get? The sports book at Wrigley oh, yeah, is the winner. So now so you get 60 seconds, you get 60 seconds. And um, so we're going to put, I think I got to put you in the main solo layout and then we're going to put this guy in here and clock. you have 60 seconds to bitch. Go ahead. Are you serious right now? I get to bitch about the sports book at Wrigley for 60 seconds. This is the greatest thing that has ever happened to me. Look, Wrigley Field pretends that it is a historical landmark. And the whole basis of being a historical landmark is that you don't change that shit. They just spent $700 million to restore a ballpark with terracotta fixtures and all sorts of brilliant things, broad iron features, all of the things that you wanted to see from the 1940s. And instead, they have replaced the entire corner of Addison and Sheffield with a glass house monstrosity where all they want is your money and your time and they hope that you will just forget 
about the actual loveliness that is Wrigley Field, all of the nostalgia and brilliance that exists in that ballpark. They took the statues of Ron Santo and Billy Williams, I moved them to Gallagher Way, which was great by the way, and replaced it with an absolute monstrosity for in the name of money. It is trash, it is rickets, and I hate it. Stop your bitching! <laughs> Very nice job. <laughs> uh, bitch clock that, champion. That, that my friend. Fantastic bitch clock session. Very no nice notes. job. That my friend is the bitch clock. <laughs> oh, I, I was I was born for this. I kind of feel like that we just need to have an all bitch clock show. Like I'm in. Let's do it. Uh, actually, Danny, we do it as a call-in show no, no, so no, that no, other I'm, people can join us. Danny, we have a oh, whole yes, network absolutely. for this. The Bitch Clock is totally a new a new show. Oh, the, the bitch. Exactly. Oh, I'm here for that. I want. I want it to the bitch. Clock. The bleacher. The bleacher bunch. Bitch Clock. It's a. It's a whole thing. We'll just do it's it. It's a like, call-in show. It'll be fantastic. It, it'll happen on Wednesdays because everybody wants to bitch on Wednesdays. It's the worst day. You know it. it the worst and day. We, we could probably turn it into like a game show as well, where, yeah. you know, people bitch off. It's, it's, it's basically. A bitch off! <laughs> bitch All out. Right. It's a bitch out. Like a, <laughs> like a pitch out. But a yes, bitch a out. bitch out. <laughs> oh, I love everything about this. So, um, all right. Well, this there's what our you show. can expect on the Bleacher Bunch Network. <laughs> exactly. Us developing new shows. Real fans <laughs> doing real shit. So um, there it is. Follow the Fans First Sports Network. Follow at Fans First SN. Uh, yeah, and more on that in the future. But in the meantime, thanks for tuning in tonight. We'll be over on the Discord very shortly. Thanks, Sarah. Uh, get well soon, Michael Cotton. Um, I hope uh, that COVID doesn't kick your ass too bad. But uh, we miss you here. And um, I guess uh, Spagog. Spagog. There is no fighting in the majors. What did your mama teach you? There is no so take that shit outside There is no fighting in the bleachers What did your mama teach you? There is no fighting in the bleachers So take that shit outside You can get a suntan drink until you're drunk and rooted For the guilt and acting like a punk and watch him hit it Show them all your love and sell.